New Trek, The Final Straw. These are the voyages of Spencer and Britain, and their continuing mission to explore bad new Star Trek, to seek out good old episodes, to bullshit where no one has shat before. Yeah, so here we are. We're here. Um, we finally did it. Okay, so like a little bit of backstory here. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who we are and you're listening and or watching this, um, we have been doing a podcast about Buckethead for almost two years, mm-hmm. which is an insane sentence to say. It is. Um, but also in our own time, you know, we spend an immense amount of time talking about Star Trek. So. We decided, you know what, let's just do it. We're finally going to do a Star Trek podcast Mm -hmm. uh, because... Something we've been talking about for years. We've been talking about it for literal years. And and the thing is about Star Trek, Star Trek specifically, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good things one can say about Star Trek. Absolutely. However, Mm -hmm. I and you are believers in the fact that there's a lot of negative things that could be said about current Star Trek. Right. I mean, some negative things you could say about old Star Trek too, that's but, true. but, that's but true. not nearly as many as new Trek as, as we will be calling it on this podcast. And that's NU. NU Trek, like new yes. metal. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I would take new metal over new Trek. I'll tell you that right now. Right. And so, yeah. uh, before we get into things, uh, mm-hmm. let me kind of explain like the title, like Soy Trek. A lot of people might be like, what, <laughs> what do you mean by Soy Trek? Well, I mean, if you follow memes at all, uh, you probably know of Wojaks, which are like, you know, crudely drawn figures of people doing stuff. And there's there's a thing in, in Wojaks known as Soy Face. Okay. Uh, I don't actually know about this. This is news oh, to me. Oh, okay. oh really? Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's uh you know the uh, the thing I put up on like Twitter. Yeah. Those guys pointing and stuff. That's so the soy face. Th- you're talking about the the meme, the common meme mm-hmm. where there's like one guy making a face to like a camera, and then there's another guy behind him like pointing mm-hmm. the thing behind yeah, him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they look really excited. And it was mm-hmm. taken. The blank was drawn from a picture of two guys who were super excited uh, to get. Uh, the new soy chicken from KFC. Right. right. Okay, I've seen that image. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that yeah. Image. And yeah. so, so the macro okay. was taken from that. And in uh-huh. as much, um, soy has become an insult. Uh, and it means a lot of different things. Usually it just means like uh, effeminized and stuff. And I, yeah. I, I'm not using it in that context. No, this is a meta context. Yeah. This, it's, is, it's, this is we're we're making fun of that. Yeah. We're making fun of people that use it like that. Right, and at the same time, we're also making fun of people who are really into this new Star Trek yes. because they are so, so excited for something so incredibly unexciting. It's incredibly unexciting. There's, it is. There's, the it, things they are excited about are the most non-things. Yeah. Um, they are non-things. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, so both of us, let's give our background of Trek, I guess. Um, yes. Kind of our feelings yes, on I Trek, would, I, I guess. Like to, I'll go first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I w- grew up watching The Next Generation. 
um, here and there. It wasn't something that I watched all the time, but it was something I watched here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom took me to go see all of the uh, Next Generation movies when they were in theaters because yep. she was a big fan. Mm-hmm. I also watched the original uh, series movies quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the original series until I was in my 20s, but I had seen those original series movies like a bunch of times right, while I was a child. Um when I was a teenager, I ended up watching all the way through Star Trek Voyager because it was in syndication in the early 2000s quite mm-hmm. a lot on oh, yeah. our UPN affiliate it certainly was. in Anchorage, Alaska. And so watched all the way, all the way through that and liked that quite a bit. Uh, when the 2009 Star Trek reboot came out, I thought it was really, really cool. And it mm-hmm. actually inspired me to go back and watch the next generation with you because I remember one day I was hanging out with you. This is when you lived with your aunt in Bellevue, Washington. Mm-hmm. And I remember hanging out with you one day. We we got really stoned and you were like, we're going to watch Star Trek. And I was oh, like, yeah. Star Trek, really? And you were like, oh yeah, fucking Klingons, dude. They would and, Klingons. and we ended up watching what was like a random like season three or four episode about Klingons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Holy fucking shit. That was awesome. Probably one of the Ronald D. Moore episodes. Because those are my uh, amongst my favorite of all Star Trek episodes. Yeah, the The, the Klingon episodes in both TNG and Deep Space Nine are incredible. Klingon episodes Mm -hmm. pretty good. Anyways, uh, that started an obsession where I then went back and rewatched all of TNG, DS9, and Voyager Mm -hmm. and all the movies and all that sort of stuff. I never really stuck all the way through Enterprise. Um, I fell off of Discovery pretty quickly, and I have now watched all of Star Trek Picard, and that's where we're at. What about you, Britt? Um, Jeez. So, I mean, I grew up with Star Trek. My dad was a big-time Trekkie. Mm-hmm. In- so was my mom. Like, oh. I remember when I was a kid, I, mm-hmm. I dressed uh, as... Like, I remember wearing a Starfleet uniform that she had, like, made Sick. for me, That's like, dope. from scratch, which was nice. pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. One more Star Trek thing for me. Mm-hmm. When I was um, 11 years old, I went to the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. That's sick as fuck. I know. Dude, did you uh, go to Quark's Bar? Did they allow went, kids in there? I went to Quark's Dude, Bar. That's so I fucking ate sick. at Quark's Bar. That's a guy so dressed sick. as a Klingon came and hung out with us oh. in character. And it was excellent. I sat on the bridge of the 1701D. D, nice. I, sat, I have a picture of myself in the captain's chair somewhere, it, um, which is pretty fucking sick. That's I, dope. Yeah, well. no, the Star mm. Trek experience was one of the coolest things I had ever done. And, like, before that point, I thought Star Trek was, like, cool, but I wasn't, like, super into it. But after that point, I was, like, I in my mind, I was always, like, yeah, Star Trek's fucking sick. Star Trek like, it, it was just always sick. one of those things where I thought mm-hmm. it was cool. And then I ended up just getting way harder into it later in oh, life. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I grew up with Star Trek. My dad was a huge Trekkie. Like um, I watched TNG and DS9 in their original syndication. All nice. all of it basically, except uh, obviously like not all of uh, TNG because it started in '89 when I was a year old. So, yeah. Um, yep, yep. But you know, I actually started watching DS9. I think '94. Uh, when it fucking came out. Nice. Like, like I actually started watching it. That would make sense. Your dad seems like the type that would be like, yes, we are tuning into this Mm -hmm. television series about a space station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I remember they pretty much broadcast, uh, there was a big Klingon war uh, arc thing. It was like the episode where... uh, Fucking Worf is like, today is a good day to die. It's like mm-hmm. the ship's like about to blow up and shit. Uh, I remember like being stoked for that and like taping it with my brother and rewatching it. Mm-hmm. And like I went back and, and then that came out when I was like 10 years old. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I was 10 years old, I was committed to Star Trek. I love that. I didn't love Voyager, but I watched a good bit of it while it was on. I really enjoyed Voyager when I first watched it. I, yeah. I really, really, really liked it. Um, And then I watched, like, the first two episodes of Enterprise and was like, nope, not for me. I you went you back, don't have the faith of the heart. I don't. Well, I, I went back and watched it a few years ago. Did um, you watch all of it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have it, not watched all of I mean, I watched it, like, Enterprise. while falling asleep, so I wouldn't say I'm, like... So you've watched, up and up on it. you've watched 70% of it. Seven of nine, I'd say, <laughs> of it. Uh, that's that's the ratio. That's yeah, a, That's a good no, ratio. So I, I, but I've, I've watched all of it, and I like, you know, if I miss something, I've gone through the whole Wikipedia, so I, I pretty much understand it. I'd say I pretty much watched Enterprise. Okay. Uh, you know, when, um, when they said they were making New Trek and they were making Discovery, yeah. um, you know, I liked the J.J. Abrams films. The first one was great. The second one was eh. The third yeah. one was a decent action film, but not a great Star not Trek a, film. Not an Abrams film. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was done by Justin Lin, the Justin guy who Lin, does yeah. uh, uh, Fast and Furious films. Yeah. yeah. Um, written by Simon Pegg. Yeah. Co-written. By Co-ri- Simon. Yeah, yeah. Really, Interestingly really good writing, though, I think. Like, the writing was good. The execution just wasn't like that. <laughs> it was okay. I watched um, it once. I thought it was all right. But, uh, you know, so when New Trek was coming out, I was like, I was hopeful. I was yeah, like, hey, yeah, this yeah, is cool. Yeah. Alex Kurtzman, the guy who co-wrote all three of the Star Trek films, you know, he had a he had a hand in it. And uh, I mean he was he was heading it up. And I was like, okay, well He had done Fringe as yeah, well. Yeah, he also did Fringe. And I did like Fringe quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I was initially feeling kind of positive about new Trek. And then even the Discovery, you know, premiere, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean at least honestly, has high production value. The, the first season of Discovery I I contend isn't bad. It's okay. It's not great, but all of the discovery that I've watched after it makes the first season worse because <laughs> it's obvious they have no idea where they're going. Yeah. And they just like wrote a season and then they're like, "Oh shit, what do we do with this IP now?" And so like we're we're getting off topic here. Back Well, back. no, no. Um and so and so I've watched a I gave up after uh, the middle of season three-ish on, on yeah. Discovery. I think I gave up a little earlier than that, but, like, not, not too We've far We've watched away. a few episodes of, um, of uh, Lower Decks. I do not like it. I, it, it is actually yeah. my least favorite of any track that's ever been produced. I've watched, uh, like, the first five episodes of Prodigy. That's not bad, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a ripoff of uh, a lot of the themes of... Um, some of the later seasons of the Clone Wars. That makes sense. But yeah, it makes sense. To I mean, rip, if you're it, gonna rip off, something, yeah, that's rip probably, off fucking Dave Filoni because yeah. he actually knows what he's doing knows with an IP. A, yeah, yeah. Knows how to write a good story for sure. Yeah. So you know, um, so that's where I'm at with Star Trek. Uh, watched all of season uh, one of Picard by myself, and then we watched all of season two together. Uh, yeah, for the right. last ten weeks, last two mm-hmm. and a half months. Uh, basically every night after uh, we do the Buckethead podcast, we will watch mm-hmm. the newest episode of Star Trek Picard. Well, yeah, we we get Picarded in here. We get quite Picarded. So we do. We do. In as much, do we want to just talk about season two? Yeah, let's 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 wrap up season two. Season two has finished. Let's talk about it. <sighs> yeah. Here, so. We have a lot to say. I think you're going to be leading the recap of what happened, and we'll yeah. be providing some comment. I'll be providing some commentary along the road, mm-hmm. and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Okay, Let's do so it. so to set this up, uh, in the last season of Picard, um, there was a uh, basically a great threat both by Romulans 
who wanted to destroy a planet um, that was very involved with uh, artificial intelligence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, this e- e- the artificial intelligence that they were de- trying to destroy summoned a fucking robot from another dimension that was going to destroy the galaxy. Correct. It was like, um, and and they they thwarted that, and then uh, Picard died, and they remade him as a po- positronic android, like Data. Correct, but yeah. programmed to die at the time he would normally die. And he has the exact same memories and stuff. So he's basically the exact same person. Uh-huh. It's just he he died, and they got to resurrect him for a, a story. Yep. That that I will say plays into nothing in the season. The decision to do that is never mentioned again. <laughs> because I feel like the decision to do that was like a throwaway thing by the, the folks writing that episode that were like, oh, we want to do this dramatic thing. And, and they, they didn't like think about, you know, long-term ramifications. And so that, they're just like, oh, cool, we'll just retcon that by never addressing it. And that, that, is, that is the motif of all of Star Trek Picard season yes, two. Correct. They go, like, they go for the cheap emotional, like either conflict or payoff mm-hmm. with no ramp, with no thought towards like the greater ramifications of that from a storytelling perspective and from a like lore and continuity perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really, it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, it is terrible. But so all of that led into season two. Yeah. Which, so, yeah. Season two starts, uh, episode one. Picard is on his estate and rejects the advances of Laris, uh, his who, Romulan, his like Romulan housekeeper, housekeeper mm-hmm. uh, whose husband died a year and a half earlier. Wait, but that happened like off screen. Like it happened off screen. Yeah. They just mentioned that it happened. They just wrote out the guy from last season. He's not shown or anything. Yeah, but he was in the last season, yeah. and he was like a, a character, character in the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, which is just a weird. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, Picard is now the chancellor at Star. Fleet Academy and Elnor, the uh, ninja kid that Picard kind of adopted as a son, yeah, uh, is graduating from Starfleet Academy. Yep. Um, uh, we will from here on out be referring to Elnor as Lego Ninjago or <laughs> Space Legolas. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, yep. Because that is exactly what he is. He is a yes. Space Legolas. Mm-hmm. That's that's his character. Which, oh, like, I I don't know. Do we do we need swords in the in the twenty fourth century? Yeah. Do we need a samurai in Star Trek? Do I mean, we need a ninja in Star Trek? No. I feel like we, I don't think we. I, you know, it could be kind of cool if he was like a weird alien with like weird alien powers or whatever. But, but he's just a Romulan. He's just a dude. He was just a Romulan yeah. who was raised by like witches. Yeah. Who made him into a ninja? Yeah. Because that's how that works. And then he decapitates a guy for like starting a fight. That's true. Yeah. And he kills like uh He kills quite, a lot of people. He kills quite a few people in season two as well. Oh, but we'll yeah. get to that. Oh yeah. And he, he kills quite a few Borg as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um elsewhere in the universe, uh Captain Rios and Gerardi, who were in a relationship last season, uh-huh. uh are now on the Stargazer. Um and they are looking at an anomaly. Seven of Nine is also there, flying Rios's former La Serena. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, and she's now like a bounty hunter or something, who's just using like an ex Starfleet. I don't even know what the deal is there. And and do, so, why? Where, what are they doing? They're on these ships. So right? they're on these sheep ships and checking out an anomaly. There's okay. an anomaly, and you know, as as Starfleet does, they're like, we should go check that out. 
Um, they get a broadcast from the anomaly uh, that asks to enter into negotiations specifically with Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. So they call Picard up and they're like, Picard, get your ass to the stargazer. Get your old ass up here. Get your fucking... Get your ancient feeble ass <laughs> yeah. on this fucking spaceship. Get He's out like, to this I'm, anomaly. <laughs> I'm so tired. I just want to be the chancellor and congratulate people for graduating Starfleet. And they're like, get up here, old man. Yeah. And so he, he gets up there. He does. And so when he arrives, uh, the Borg emerge from the anomaly. And the Borg queen takes over the stargazer. She mm-hmm. just like transports on the ship and she's got these stupid ass tentacles that like go into the machines and it's like controls overridden. Mm-hmm. Borg now fucking have control of the stargaze. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. Um, whatever. I was whatever with this. They, it's a new look for the Borg too. They don't look as cool. Mm-hmm. They look different. Yeah. Um, and, the, so, and the Borg ship looks like a pussy. Yeah, it does. But yeah. uh, Picard sets a self-destruct sequence for the Stargazer because uh, the Borg Queen has taken control and he's like, well, that's the only option. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, like, right as it's about to explode, he wakes up and guess who's there? Fucking Q. Q's, Q's back. John Q's Delancey. Back. And he and looks like young Q. Yeah, he's deep faked into young Q. He's deep faked into young and Q. He, and he does and he does a very, th- like, the, the thing where he, he's like, uh, let me catch up. And then he snaps his fingers, and he's old man John Delancey. Right, which is like that was a, that was a moment. Yeah, that could could have in a better story that could have been a fine. Honestly, moment. I liked this first episode. Like mm-hmm. they did enough. They they took what was from last season, and they're like, we gotta r- fucking scrap that and just like do something entirely new. This first episode, I remember watching it with you. We were and like, we were like hmm. yeah, okay, that has that has promise. But you know what? This has happened before. This yeah. happened in the first two episodes of Discovery. It's happened in the first two episodes of Discovery Season 1. <laughs> or two, rather. This happened in the first two episodes of Picard Season 1. Yeah. It's, it's always pulling out the rug. I mean, you know, the, the first episode of Picard Season 1 is actually like the highest rated episode of any new Trek, which is interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think people were very optimistic. And yeah. They love seeing... They love seeing Patrick Stewart back and in the Brent role. Spiner in that episode. Right. That, that's Brent what that Spiner's whole that episode, episode was about. And you were like setting up something new with like the whole Mars and like Romulans and all that stuff. And so that was kind of interesting. There was some intrigue about like you know uh, the um, uh, androids getting the axe and the whatever. Synths. The synths. That's right. The synths. They're not synthesizers though. Uh, they're, so, well, they're fully functional. I bet. I bet. I bet some of them have some they're, fucking they're soft synths. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So that, that episode wasn't bad. I don't have too many criticisms for it. The acting was fine. The setup was fine. Yeah. I, I thought they could have gone places with this that were fine because they didn't just overload a whole bunch of story elements into the first episode. Yeah. They were just kind of wrapping up from last season and being like, well, this is how things are now. You know, and I was initially positive on the first episode, but mm-hmm. like you said, it goes nowhere. I mean, and so how where they go with this is, you know, Picard mm-hmm. wakes up and he's in an alternate timeline, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so. In, in episode two, um, Picard first learns from Q after he changes into old Q mm-hmm. uh, that his companions have been transported into an alternate timeline where humanity has formed a um, a fascist government called the Confederation of Earth uh-huh. uh, who go ahead and systematically eradicate and enslave alien races. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is which is done to like a very like over the top effect. I didn't. It's it's fine. It's just like we already have the Cardassians. It's they were yeah. basically just Cardassians, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Like they could have just like brought back fucking Gold Ducat and made it sick as see, fuck. That would have been tight. That would have been so I'd fucking to, sick. Dude. I'd love to see the Cardassians. Like back. yeah, Gold Ducat. Like great. fucking twenty years later. That'd yeah. be so fucking sick, dude. So we, sick. We love we love that. Um, well, we don't. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. evil fascists. Yeah, but, like, but we love them as a storytelling device. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Earth is now fascist. Uh, Picard is the Confederation's greatest military commander mm-hmm. and has been granted the honor of executing the last Borg queen. Implying there's other Borg queens or just the last Borg? Or That's, that's what they said on the episode, the last Borg queen. So I assume there's multiple, well, I mean... There are kind of multiple board queens for a while at the end of the season, so I assume they can have multiple board queens. I'm not sure though. Weird. Yeah. But um that's unclear. A lot is unclear. But yeah, this. but uh so seven yeah. of nine um is also there and she is no longer a like a Borg, right? She's not a Borg. Um and she's the president of the Confederation. And he's married to like this this, this this twerpy dude called the magistrate. Yeah, and he's like this this short dude. Mm-hmm. And he's it's like, like uh, you sure you sure you should be doing that. And he's like uh. this like short fascist dude. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't see them together at all. No. Like this is not believable. No. Well, uh, I mean, we we later learn there's a utility for him mm. Mm. in a skirt sense. Um so Seven of Nine is like, hey, Picard, you get to kill the last Borg Queen. Yep. So uh, the whole group reunites um, and learn uh, – the group from the Stargazer reunites and learn that they can prevent this future by traveling back to Los Angeles in 2024, in uh, like April 2024. Because this is the point in which the timeline diverges. Mm-hmm. Some event occurs, correct, right. that diverges the timeline. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so – I'm on board. I'm into this point. I'm like, that, okay, that's fine. They sure they did that to fine effect. Um, there's a couple. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's the DS9 episode with the the bell riots. Mm. That that is that's basically a, about a this. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I actually where, wrote it down where uh, Commander Benjamin Cisco becomes Gabriel Bell. Yep, the leader of the resistance or not resistance. The, he's the leader the, the, of something. The the sanctuary district basically. Yeah, he the, sanctuary, us, the sanctuary district like rebellion or riots yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Um, and yeah, pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool episode. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites, actually. One of my favorites as well. I, I fucking like, love that. Really, yeah. Really we love good. DS9, but, we uh, do. so that it has kind of basically the same setup as that. Like you got to go back in time because there is like this hinge point. Yeah. And if this doesn't happen, things can go one way. And so I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. The way they set that up. Um, where were we here? Um, so they learn that they can only go back to Los Angeles in 2024, but they can only do that assisted by the Borg Queen for some reason. Which they Q like, can't do which that like for in them. their escape from like fascist whatever dystopia, mm-hmm. they like bring the Borg Queen with them. Right. Yeah. And yep. like steal a ship. Mm-hmm. And they, they like contain her and they're like, well, the Borg Queen's safe as long as she's contained, but she we're going to use her to time travel. Because for some reason... Wait, although, wait, wait, hold on. Before that, we get to that. Don't they steal Rios's old ship? Correct. Somehow? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they steal Rios's old ship I, in the alternate timeline. I don't know if they stole it in the alternate timeline or they were actually transported back there in that ship because um, Seven oh. of Nine had that ship in the other 
in in the other universe. No, but they, in all, the like, they all like woke up in different spots. Remember? Did, oh, that's right, because yeah. well, Rios fell or whatever. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know to be honest. I don't fucking know, man. I well, don't anyways, know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> like in their escape, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ninja Kid gets killed. Yes, Elnor does get killed. So. Agnes, Raffi, and Elnor take control of the communication transporter systems in the Confederation headquarters, while Seven and Picard buy time at the public execution of the Borg Queen with, with their stalling. Yep. Uh, the others complete the objectives, and Picard, Seven, Agnes, Raffi, Elnor, and the Queen are beamed onto Rios' ship. Okay. So that that's what yeah, that is. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Okay. Uh, they are preparing to initiate time travel when the magistrate and security officers beam aboard, sh- uh, figure out that Seven of Nine is an imposter, and shoot and wound Elnor, and prepare to execute them all for high treason. Of course, as you do. I I don't understand. I don't understand why Q did this. Why he put them in the fascist future. I like. I I just I don't understand the motive for this trial. Yeah, and also, why? like... Why he, couldn't he just take them back to Los Angeles in 2024 and be like, well, you, you know, and show them a vision of the future we'll, or something? We'll, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, for real. Like, the other thing is, like, even... It, it's a thing with Q and Picard. Like, why does... Why do these other people need to be involved? That's that's a great question. And the, and the, the yeah. thing is, it's like, it's not made clear why they're a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, Q snaps his fingers, Picard wakes up, and he's in this fascist dystopia but all of his friends are there too and they all remember that they're not supposed to be there as well right but not everybody i don't know it's it's weird it's very weird it's it's confusing a little bit it's a little confusing so that was episode two by this time i was like i had a little less faith i was like this and is you, ha- we, we were both like mm, oh god i hope elnor dies i hope he yeah. fucking dies yeah but it, and at the same time we were i think we were both like this is getting a little ham fisty and a little uh, a little on the nose which yeah i mean star trek can be on the nose sometimes but when it's constantly like putting modern politics in your face oh we haven't sucks. even gotten to we haven't we politics. haven't but like the 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 fascism stuff, like yeah, it was really ham fisted. It was, like, yeah. It was really. I mean, and they've done stuff like that in Star Trek before. Like, I mean, look at like the Mirror Universe, mm-hmm. right, with the yeah. Terran Empire, which is a fascist thing. Because mm-hmm. like, I was wondering, like, why didn't they just reuse the the Terran Empire? Like, oh, I guess that's the Mirror Universe, so I guess you can't do that in all their timelines. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. That stuff has been done in Star Trek before, and it's usually kind of over the top. So wait, is the Mirror Universe not an alternate timeline? <laughs> mirror Universe is not an alternate timeline. It's just the Mirror Universe. I don't understand how they're differentiating a, between a, time it, and space here. Okay. In like the, time and space hold are on, one. Hold on, hold on. Like, in the Mirror Universe, mm-hmm. it exists. it is a universe that exists on its own that essentially counterparts of people exist in. So yes, I guess it would be an alternate timeline of sorts, but it is not an alternate timeline of the alpha timeline, the timeline that all Star Trek takes place in. It is merely another universe that is, that contains an alternate timeline that is accessible through transporters. So what you're saying is there are infinite worlds in all of these mirror universes. How many mirror universes are there? Uh, We have only 
I think seen the one. But the the function of the mirror universe is like pretty much the exact same as the alternate timeline. Agreed. It is the pretty much exactly the same. Except as there's just timeline. like the alternate timeline, there's only one of each person, basically. Whereas like the mirror universe is a, a, a extra copy of the, those people. They're and they're completely different. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, Correct. I just this is where I started to roll my eyes and be like they're writing themselves into a weird place here. <laughs> like, correct. I don't know what they're doing with this. And they already, you know, they already tried, they already started to trip over the story. Like why can't Q transport him back to 2024? Like he put them in an alternate timeline. Why yeah. do they need the Borg queen? Why is this the first time we find out that the Borg queen can like, you know, time travel really? Like we, yeah. we've known before that the Borg queen can like, uh, you know, th- there's those deep space portals that can like, travel like huge distances. So the Borg oh, yeah, can go yeah, faster yeah, than anybody mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. But they've never discussed time travel with the Borg, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. I I I mean there I mean of course there was the Borg that got sent to Earth like back in like the right. 20th century or right, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And there's that kind of stuff, but I don't think they were time were they time traveling? I don't even know. I don't even know. And like, yeah. And also, it begs the question like if the Borg queen can just has the power to willfully time travel. Like why hasn't she enslaved the human race hundreds of years ago? <laughs> That's a great question. It's there's so many like loose ends here. It's like they give people it's, powers, it, but then like put them in a narrow box. Like they can only use it for this reason because of the storytelling. And I'm like, yeah, but if they actually had that power, they would have just fucked everything up. Yeah. It changes the nature of the universe. Yeah. In some ways that, ask a lot of questions. And so one thing that I've seen w- with the response to this this show specifically mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of people asking these questions which, mm-hmm. who have paid attention to the shows, you know, at least to a certain degree and are like, "Hey, like wait, what? Like how does that make sense?" And there are also a lot of people on the other side of that who are like, "Don't ask those questions. That's dumb." And it's like it's very, it's a very interesting dichotomy, um, of which we'll get into a little bit more a little later. You know, you know what? Honestly, I wish I could draw parallels to, but that'll take way too much time. What's that? Season two of Picard reminds me so much of the last season of Lost. Ooh. The way they write themselves into a complete corner and resolve it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and then also the fanboys being like. Well, why, you don't. You shouldn't want an explanation for that. And like, yeah, I, yeah. There was a, that's a, big a very thing common sentiment. Da, like, uh, Damon, you shouldn't want yeah, an explanation. Damon, it's like, why? Yeah, Damon Lindelof has actually gone on record, like, basically, like, insulting the fans about Lost, um, saying about like the end of Lost, like, well, we don't want to try to give like a midichlorian explanation. That was always his thing. Is like, if you over-explain things, people won't like it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's that's. But that's magic that you're over explaining. Like the idea yeah. was that everything on Lost had a logical explanation from the beginning. Yeah. And that's why people watch Lost from from the beginning is because like to know the answers to the mysteries that they were creating. Yeah. But instead they created more mysteries and never resolved them. Exactly. And yeah. there's a lot of that type of writing in this. It just yeah, it doesn't feel like there was a writer's room here at all. It feels like they made a a really shitty series Bible. Mm. Probably not. I feel like they just did this as they went along, like the last season of Lost. Like, yeah. Oh, this definitely. Yeah. I mean, 
Okay, we got to get more of the plot going yeah, so people okay, can understand yeah. like so, how shitty it gets. Episode, like it gets episode really three, when it starts to take a dive, we watch episodes three and four together. And I remember yeah. I was kind of drunk at the time, but yeah. after episode four ended, I'm like, dude, I fucking hate Star Trek. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. And then you texted me about it later. Yeah. You kept thinking about it. I did. Went home and were like, dude, I know I said fuck Star Trek and I hate Star Trek <laughs> earlier, but also you need to know fuck Star Trek and I hate <sighs> Star Trek. And then went on like a big rant. So episode three starts with uh, Seven of Nine uh, distracting uh-huh. the magistrate. Uh, we left off on the cliffhanger. The magistrate was like, oh, oh right. gonna, you're gonna, all going to get killed for treason, motherfuckers. And, you know, they fucking murked uh, Elnor, thank God. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Seven distracts the magistrate long enough for the group to overpower and kill all the officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship comes under attack, and the Borg Queen takes advantage of the situation to directly connect herself to the ship's computers. Yeah. She destroys their pursuers and slingshots the ship around the sun, creating a wormhole back to 2024. Because the Borg can do that, apparently. Yeah, apparently she can give special powers to this, like, regular fucking little ship, but whatever. Wait, okay, hold on, hold on a second. How did, hold on, can the Borg time travel? Because, like, there's, um, First Contact. They do time travel in First Contact, right? Okay. I don't remember how they time traveled though in first contact. Do you? I don't either. Um, I I I I thought it wasn't that they time traveled. I thought it was that they just sent Borg like from a long time ago, and then they were buried in the ice, and they finally came back from the ice. I well, I mean, I don't know. It's been a long time since I watched. Okay, the Enterprise and its crew follow a Borg ship through a time warp to prevent Borg from taking over the past. So they do go back in the past somehow. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how the board can time travel now, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, they, that's Text fine. me, email me why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so they go back to 2024. Uh, board Queen tells Picard that they must find the Watcher in Los Angeles who knows what Q changed to, to cause the new timeline. The ship crashes near Chateau Picard in France and the Queen diverts all the power in, she has to sustain herself. Yeah. Elnor finally dies of his wounds. Thank Yay! God. That's the best thing to happen Yay! in this, this whole series. Now, okay, so a little bit of disclaimer about that. Like, mm-hmm. don't hate the actor, whatever. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's just the character sucks and serves no purpose at all whatsoever. Yeah, we didn't they, they need tried to a make ninja him, in Star Trek. They tried to make him this, like, uh, like son figure to Picard, yep. sort of, in the first season. Right, because... That went so nowhere that they instead decided to make him like this, like son figure to Rafi in this season. Yep, which I'm sure you're about to talk about. <sighs> no, I, I don't want to dwell on Elnor. I hate oh, Elnor. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, anyways, Rafi's pretty broken up, and then uh, there's yep, a really so, cringy scene after that where she like yells at Picard. It's like, it's mm-hmm. really it sucks. Yep. She she blames Picard uh, for departing with Seven. Uh, or she blames Picard for uh, Elnor's death before she departs with Seven and Rios to start searching for the Watcher around Los Angeles. Uh, Rios is... Tra- so, okay, sorry, remind me. How did they find out about the Watcher? Uh, the Borg Queen told them that uh, that they needed to go to Los Angeles and find the Watcher because the Watcher knows what Q changed in the timeline to create the fascist future. Okay. And so, they're, so the whole thing is Q is fucking with them, Borg Queen is trying to get time back on the right track for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, I don't know why she doesn't just like enslave the human race back in 2024. It'd be a lot easier for her, but you know, that's, that's, okay. that's whatever. Sure. Um, God. um so, uh, Rios's transporter malfunctions and he's like, uh, transported like two floors up. He, uh, gets knocked out and like he hits his head on a, a, on a sign or something. Yeah. yeah. And he wakes up in a clinic, uh, that secretly treats undocumented immigrants. Yeah. And he's brought there because he's brown. Yes, because he's he's brown. He's uh, racially indeterminate. Sure. Um, so, but before, like, I think it's like pretty racist of the people back then to be like, "Oh, yeah, you're undocumented." Oh yeah, it's like, like oh, send him to the yeah. There's this guy with a head wound. Like, don't take him to the hospital. We got to get him to the vet's clinic. He's brown. What? <laughs> like, like what? Yeah, what? exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, things are things are pretty bad in America. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I have a hard time believing in two years, like, that's how things are going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's weird that, like, the, the people who found him, like, were the people who ran this underground clinic. Like, it, it wasn't just, like, a person walking along the sidewalk. It was like, oh, shit, some, I'm going to call for help. Like, what the, the fuck? dude's bleeding from the head on right? the sidewalk. Weird. <sighs> yeah. So, um, before he can leave the clinic, uh, immigration officers, specifically ICE officers, mm-hmm. Raid the clinic and arrest both Rios and his uh, the physician who treated him, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the episode where um, they canonize Rick and Morty. Yes. in the Star Trek universe. Yep. Teresa's son says, "Like, uh, uh, can I watch Rick and Morty?" And she's like, "Not till you do your homework." And which is that that fucking sucks because they have said Picard is canon, so that means that Rick and Morty is canon. In the Star Trek universe, and that is a fucking war crime. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot... It's a it's swift, swifty trek. Uh, oh. I hate this. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek pick, pick, Pickle Rick. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, so, immigration officers arrest Teresa and Rios. Yeah. Uh, Rios' communicator uh, gets knocked off. Uh, when he's getting arrested, so they can't find him. And despite Picard's warning, Agnes connects her mind to the Borg Queen and learns the exact location of the Watcher before the Borg Queen assimilates her. Yep. Yep. So, and that impresses the Borg Queen. Borg Queen's, like, very impressive. I don't even have time to assimilate you. Girardi's like, fuck yeah, Suck Mm -hmm. suck my pussy. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the best line in the, the <laughs> suck my pussy, Borg Queen. That, that yes, n- Queen. Not, that doesn't. Yes, happen. Borg Queen. All right. So this this to me, this episode is where my disbelief is completely suspended. Um, the butterfly effect is fucking ridiculous here. Like they yeah. just start fucking with the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how Trek makes it very clear that like, you know, you can't do anything to the timeline, but somehow being arrested by ice and tr- treated like an undocumented immigrant would not mess up the space time continuum. Like they mm. wouldn't fill out any kind of paperwork that wouldn't like do any kind of butterfly effect or anything. Yeah. And like the. Uh, it should be noted that like the ice officers are portrayed in this like really over the top way. So so like, that oh my god, I was going to talk about that for the next episode. But okay, yeah, yeah let's, let's no, let's get yeah. let's wait for the next episode. Yeah. Let's finish off so, the description here. Um, I I honestly so my takeaway from this 
is uh, the writers of Star Trek Picard believe that undocumented immigrants are not important at all into the grand scheme of things because <laughs> this guy appearing out of nowhere and getting arrested by ICE and like all these things happening because of that have no effect whatsoever on the timeline. And some things, some pretty important things do happen. Yeah. Like, like we'll talk about it in the mm-hmm. next episode. So where does this one leave off? Remind me. Um, so this one leaves off. Uh, Agnes uh, finds out exactly where the watcher is right before she's assimilated. And the mm-hmm. board queen's like, I'm very impressed. Uh, cut to black. That's, that's the end of that episode. Okay. So, uh, episode four. We start, and uh, Picard and Girardi learn that Girardi's connection to the Queen, um, that the, uh, they learn from, I'm sorry, they learn from her connection to the Queen that the change to the timeline they must prevent to avoid the, uh, Confederation fascist future will happen in three days' time on April 15th, 2024. And I mm-hmm. wrote a note here. I, I find it very hilarious how all these rich Hollywood writers use fucking tax day as the big bad day. Nah. It's tax day. Why that's, would you use April true. 15th? That's the weirdest shit. Uh, Picard transports to the location Girardi learned from the queen and finds a younger version of Guinan oh, in, in a bar labeled 10 on the street that says forward. <laughs> Okay, I have so many fucking questions about this. Also, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention the Picard and Guinan conversation from the first episode. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Guinan was in the first episode. And she a, like Working at a bar. Yeah, and she like aged herself. At 10 Forward Avenue. Yeah, yep, that's true. And, and, and mm-hmm. she was like, well, I aged myself to like keep up with humans or some dog shit like she that. Can, she was like, I can choose how to age or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's old as fuck now. So yeah. like, oh, whatever. And, you know, which, they, like, they brought her was, back for the last it was, episode too. It was mostly like a, a throwaway kind of scene, mm-hmm. which. Uh, That's why I didn't even write yeah, it down because right? it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. But like it, it happened and it's important because of this other thing right. that is about True. to happen. So he meets young Young Guinan. Young guy. So he quote unquote meets young Guinan. Now, now here's where we should probably talk about, uh, uh Picard met Guinan in the 19th century. Correct. When uh, she was hanging out with Mark Twain. In the next generation episode, times error, mm-hmm. uh, times arrow. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. This is actually a pretty important point. So a young, young Guinan, in 2024, does not know Picard. Mm-hmm. However, we know that Picard traveled back in time to the 1800s and met Guinan then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of contention about this on the internet. Yeah. There's an immense amount of people fighting about this. As they should. I okay. mean, I mean, so you know, <laughs> there's a lot of people like us asking the question, like, "Hey, what, what the fuck, like." That that happened, right? Like, yeah. why isn't that being acknowledged? Then there's a lot of people being like, y'all are dumb. That's wrong because when Q changed the timeline, it's a new timeline and that didn't happen. Which their logic is, this is their logic. Here, let me explain their logic. It's important. It's important that we acknowledge both sides here because I do think that there's an objectively correct side and I do think that there's an objectively wrong yeah. side. However... This is the logic for those people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people believe this. Yeah. Um, and I think they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But, okay, a lot of people believe that when Q changed the timeline, because Picard 
was instead of like the captain of the Enterprise, and he was instead like, well, he was still the captain of the Enterprise, but he was like a war general or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, I guess, didn't go back in time to talk to Guinan, which, okay, but they, I mean. But the hinge point yeah. was in 2024. That's true. That being said, though, like, I do understand what they're saying because, like, no, time time diverged in 2024, so everything before 2024, before they arrived there, happened the exact same way as it did before. So I agree with you. However, and so that doesn't. But like, if Q changed the timeline so that Picard didn't do all the shit that he did as the captain of the Enterprise, and he did different shit, maybe he didn't go back in time. That's like circular logic. It is, and I agree with you. But it's like. These are the the minutia that people are arguing does, about online, does, and I think it, it's I think it's dumb. I think that like those people uh, are overthinking it. Mm-hmm. I think that we're thinking of it lot more so, logically so because like how how canon can, should dictate how that this can happened. there be a hinge point if history did not happen the same way before that? But if history doesn't happen the same way after the hinge point, mm-hmm. then it creates two separate timelines for things that happened in the past, right? So how does this new future where he's a fascist leader exist in the first place? That's a great question. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. No, it's like it's, 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 it's as like though Q whole... created an alternate timeline just for this test. And if Q wasn't just playing a little game with no motive behind it, so here's the none thing. of this would matter. I agree. But no, here's the thing. The writers are trying to have their cake and eat it too. Right. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to say like, oh, Q created an alternate alternate timeline. But wait, there's a hinge point in which things diverged. So it's not actually two timelines. It's one timeline that forks. Yes. And, but that doesn't make sense in the context of Guinan. Because right. that happened mm-hmm. before the, the hinge point, ideally it should still have taken place. However, because there are two timelines post that, Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing that affected Guinan was a thing that happened in the A timeline. Mm-hmm. Then there is there does stand to be some sort of reasoning there, but it, no, it's, it's, there o- doesn't. No, it's overly <laughs> it's overly complicated. Is the yeah. thing, and like it, they just never should have done that in the first place. It it's it's just, it just doesn't make sense because it doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, like this hinge point would not matter, and this hinge point would right. be a completely different like time and place like then in the actual like alpha timeline. I I agree. It, uh, so yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's More like, than anything. If, if they wanted to make it make sense. It's what illogical. They, it is illogical. If they wanted to make it make sense, what they should have done is just had Q send them back to 2024. Yeah. Like that would make it make that's, more sense. That's it. Yeah. And be like, yeah. And be like, Hey, I mean, this is the hinge point, and if you don't fix what happens right here, that Borg Queen shit happens then. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the fascist timeline. The yeah. fascist timeline was just fucking ham-fisted political bullshit. That, that only lasts for one episode. And it, yeah, it, yeah, and it, it has no relation to the storyline, really. It really doesn't. Like, and then the people that take that and then try to overthink that, it just, it's... It is really, it's just shitty and it, writing and you're making excuses for the shitty writing. Yeah. And it's, 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 why is Q so overcomplicating this? Why does he send him back to a fascist universe? Why can't he just say, Hey, I sent you or, you know, get them all in a fucking white room or whatever, like the end of the first episode and be like, Hey, uh, I'm sending you all back to 2024. If you don't fix this right now, 
the Borg queen, you know, dominates here and then the Borg enslave the human race. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? Or like have Q show up at the end of episode two and be like, oh, don't you like this fascist dictatorship future Picard? Mm-hmm. And then click his, you know, snap his fingers and then they all go back to 2024 and he's like, well, you'll have to fix this timeline first and then disappears. Or that, that would like, make sense too. But the problem... They could have made it The make problem sense, but, is... Yeah. Both futures that they're trying to fix are contingent on each other for no reason. Exactly. It's like they're like intertwined with each yeah. other. And they don't need yeah. to be. So anyways. Same, same with like the Borg Queen somehow has the exact opposite motives of Q here. I don't, I mean, I. I yeah, we're, we're getting into it. Right. But suffice it to say, Picard meets up with Young Guinan. Young Guinan does not remember Picard even though they should have met mm-hmm. because they did meet 100 years in the past. Right. 100, 200 years in the past. But anyway, they meet um, at at uh, 10 forward, Guinan's bar. I hate that so yeah. much. Like, uh, clearly, they don't know why it was named 10 forward. Because why right. would that exist? Why? Why? What? That makes no sense. It doesn't because like, 10 forward, it was the forward, like the aft of the, the 10th deck. Yeah. And that's it. That's why it's 10 forward. So, like... It, why would she... Before working on the Enterprise, have a bar at 10 Forward Avenue. And call it 10. That's the name of the bar, is 10. And it's on Forward Avenue. Who names a bar 10? I mean, I'm not so mad about that, but I'm mad about the 10 Forward thing. Because what, what, what was she doing then? Waiting for an, an opportunity to open a bar at on a ship so, that is at the the 10th deck so i and, and in as much like, is one of my main criticisms of the series is the writing suffers because they are trying to do fan service but they don't understand what fan service star trek fans want exactly, all they do yeah. is shoehorn in people and things that were like basically just in the tng movies yeah and like stuff nobody cares about and like and the stuff that they do use from the series and we'll get into this later, is fucking cringe. Yeah, and it's like, it's just confusing. It's like, it's like them, it's like the writers being like nudging you and being like, teehee, teehee, do you remember that? Do you remember that? But then you're like, yeah, I do remember that. And the context in which you're using this makes no fucking sense. Exactly. This is dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, this makes me mad that you did this. Like, when I saw the 10 Forward Avenue thing, I was just like, no, Mm. no, this fucking sucks. I hate it. Yep. So anyways, they so we, they have a conversation. Yeah, we get younger Guinan. And yeah. uh, the actress who plays her is actually does a pretty good job, I think. Um, As you pointed out, no eyebrows. No eyebrows. I mean, so Whoopi I Goldberg. Detail, yeah, right? they did. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows. Fact. Yeah. Never has. Um, so uh, Guinan says that she's closing the bar. She's dis- disillusioned with Earth. And she is going to just go back into space because she's tired of humanity. And Picard's like, oh, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we go to seven of nine and Rafi who are uh, searching for Rios who is right now being processed by ice yeah. and sent to a sanctuary district on the U S border. That's one thing I like that they kind of, that they kind of tied in is the sanctuary districts in this timeline are kind of like immigrant districts too. And that, that makes sense to me That makes sense because you know, uh, in, in the star Trek universe, in the, the regular timeline in November 2024 is when the bell riots happen. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, six months from now. And it's basically uh, people rising up from the sanctuary districts. 
So that worked fine for me. That was one piece of writing. I was like, okay, that's yeah. a reference I okay. get. I, I think it works. However, the reason you're doing it and like with ice is so heavy handed that it, it it's, sucks. It's really, cr- it's really heavy. It's super cringe. Um, so he's getting sent to a sanctuary district on the U S border. They, uh, they're able to, uh, seven and, uh, Raffi are able to track the bus that Rios is on with the help of Agnes who tricks the queen into improving La Serena's transporter systems. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Uh, yeah. After Picard reveals his... Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. sorry. So you, you mentioned like um, mm-hmm. butterfly effects earlier. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones where I'm like, so this has no effect. They like, they stop a bus that is transporting immigrants mm-hmm. to the border, knock out the guards. Yeah, they and, fucking punch him in the face. And let everyone out. On, uh-huh. uh, out of the bus to rescue Rios. Yeah. Which, surely that has some kind of effect on the timeline, right? You'd think so. Like, but apparently not. It's never addressed. Yeah, there's and no one, like, no one in government, like, cares that someone knocked over an ice bus? Like... That has no no rep- repercussion. No, none apparently. whatsoever. None. Well, nope. as I said, I believe that these writers believe that undocumented immigrants are entirely unimportant to the grand scale of to the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And so they write them as people who cannot change history. Woof. Yeah, big woof. Anywho. So uh, next we go back to Picard, who's still talking to Guinan, and um, he reveals his name and explains that he's looking for uh, a watcher. And Guinan leads him to someone uh, who is also known as a supervisor Uh uh, that is acting as a, quote-unquote, guardian angel for someone on Earth. And this is a reference to the original series episode assignment earth yes and gary seven which was yeah. in, in, in itself a backdoor pilot for mm. another show that never happened yeah which i do actually like that they kind of did do stuff with Gar- the gary seven lore because that's some deep lore um, it is some deep lore but it's but like what they did with it <laughs> I, I like that they thought about it, but I do not like what they did with it no instead which is, they just gave it an excuse for there to be like they were finding, they were trying to find an excuse for there to be some kind of alien on Earth, mm-hmm. and I don't know. So the su- uh, um, he meets a supervisor, and the supervisor strongly resembles Laris. But her name is Talon. Yeah, and her uh, her ears are regular, like a human. No, but she looks exactly like her. She's but, literally but, played by the same actress. Yeah, yeah, she's the exact same incredibly milfy actress, but she's got regular human ears. Uh huh. Um, by the way, uh, I gotta mention the. Uh, one thing they did right uh, is they made this a MILF show. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Happy Mother's Day. Like, like this is a MILF show. Three, three of the leading cast are just fucking dime MILFs, straight up. MILFs. Dime days. MILFs. We MILFs love for a MILF. Days. MILFs for days. Uh, MILFs for Star MILF, thank you. <laughs> MILF Trek. <laughs> yes, this is um, MILF. Welcome to MILF Trek. Welcome to MILF Trek. Uh, so the, um, meanwhile, uh, right after Q meets, uh, the new Laris, I'm sorry, what was her name? I totally forgot. Tallinn. Tallinn. Thank you. Uh, meanwhile, Q approaches a woman who is working on the planned Europa spaceflight mission. Mm-hmm. He is surprised to discover that he is unable to change her destiny. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the, uh, the whole episode stops. Okay. <sighs> what if- I mean, we we kind of talked about everything I hate in this episode. The whole Guinan thing was a mess. Miserable. Yeah, I hated don't, everything. Don't about hate that. it. I didn't hate the new actress or anything. No, she, like, she she did a fine. good job she of being job, Guinan, but, but like the writing, and that's the thing is like there is nothing wrong with the show. 
except the writing. Yeah. This, this, I mean, if they had good writing, the production value is great. The acting is just fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it is like competently put together. Yeah. The production value, like everything about it is good. Um, but competent to good. Yeah. Competent to good, except the writing is a zero out of 10. Absolute zero. Yeah. It's net zero. Oh yeah. Uh, Netscape navigator, man. Yeah. (laughs) Like an obsolete. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, this, I mean, this is where stuff started to get just cringe. And, you know, Agreed. like, after this episode, I, I said yeah, I like, fucking hate Star Trek. The ice stuff is super heavy-handed. It's mm-hmm. it's really, like, I'm not saying I, ice is good. No, no. Fuck so, ice. So, another thing like, about the ice thing that I hated was, like, Star Trek usually, when they, like, speak truth to power, they actually, like, go mm-hmm. after the systemic causes of things mm-hmm. but here they were just like uh well fucking uh, he's a fucking immigrant cop and i'm like well yeah i mean immigrant cops are bad and you can make that point we all know we all know that we, we all do. know that know like that. why don't you address like systemically like, like why this is happening like, yeah why it exists like why who's, making, who's setting up the sanctuary districts shit yeah, like that instead like, of making these characters like cartoonishly evil mm-hmm. and they are yeah like the the ice people are portrayed as cartoonishly evil which but, I mean, I'm not saying that's too far from reality, but also, like, it's just done in such a cringy, right. over-the-top, th- like, really hit right. you in the face with the, like, like, oh, this is bad, right? Right. Bad. The, th- bad. the bad. thing I know, too, though, is, like, I-, I say that I want that. I say that I want them to address the systemic causes of this. However, mm. I know for a fact that they would just use a fucking Trump stand-in. And make him oh. the big villain instead of a Biden stand-in, even though Biden's doing the exact same shit. Mm. Yeah. Like, he has the exact True. same policy. And, like, it, they they blame, like, you know, like, oh, this is a new fascist right here. I'm like, why don't you fucking talk about neoliberalism? Fucking, you know, a, a fucking uh, DS9 address neoliberalism all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know? True. Like, they have, they have an episode that's entirely about being pro-union. Yeah. That's true. Like, they, they, that's actually a pretty major plotline. What with, uh, yeah, with Rom? With Rom? Yeah. yeah. Fucking totally. A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Dabo girls. God, Rom's such a good dude. Like, dude. so many good characters. Not only is he a good dude, he's a union man. Fucking love Rom. Fucking live Rom and prosper, baby. <laughs> um. <laughs> Two in the live long, one in the prosper. Is that why you, uh, you're, you've got so into uh, emulation recently? Is, uh, so you can get all those Roms? Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey. Live long, ramen, losper, whatever. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, like that we're just doing the shocker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's actually, I, I was thinking about that. I think we should do that in like. Right. Live long and prosper. I, I was thinking the, like the shocker. hang dong and shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. yeah. That'd be a great shirt, right? I'd wear that shirt. That'd be funny as fuck. <laughs> okay. I would. All right. I don't know if you yeah, would. You I would. definitely would. I know you would. <laughs> I believe you. So, episode five. Um, halfway through. Yep. Halfway there, living on a prayer. Not yet. Only after we get done with this episode. So, yeah. And it starts getting more convoluted here. So, I feel like all it of does. these explanations are much longer. So, yeah. episode five. Jump right in. Uh, the supervisor, uh, Taurus? Colin. Colin, thank you. Yaris. Oh, Colin. I'm going <laughs> to... Rem- Toyota Yaris. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Toyota. Tallin. Okay. Uh, Tallin uh-huh. Mockery. Um, the supervisor, uh-huh. Tallin, introduces herself as Tallin. Oh, I wrote it here. Great. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and explains to Picard that she is tasked with protecting his ancestor, Rene Picard. 
Uh-huh. Um, the woman whom Q had targeted earlier, uh, who was going on the Europa mission and found that he couldn't change your fate with his will. Yeah. Uh, because Renee plays an important role in the future. And yeah. that's why Q couldn't change it, which I'm like, when does that stop Q from doing anything? Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's when they start getting into the shit about like Q is dying. Right. So Q approaches, uh, approaches Dr. Adam Soong, uh, yeah. who we see, we see fucking Brent Spiner's back, uh, Spiner's playing back. another Soong. I think this is his third or fourth character with the last name Soong that he's played now. Yeah. He's just, he plays, he's played more Soongs than he has fucking, uh, pistachio disguise. He has disguises. <laughs> if you will. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. So Q approaches Soong, and who is a disgraced geneticist who's desperate to find a cure for his daughter, Corey's terminal genetic illness. And like, as it's introducing uh, him, it shows like he's gone on a trial and they're like, uh, you are being stripped of your ability to have funding and do research and, or something. Cause he was obviously doing some weird science stuff, making, uh, weird science. making actual, bow, 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 making bow. actual real dolls. If you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> is it real? So, um, so the main kind of crux of his plot is Corey, who is his daughter. Who has, is Soji from the first season. Yes, exactly. Soji from the first season, who was a, an android in the, in the first, first season. season. Who is now a clone. Well, I guess well, we will get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But she's, yeah. uh, you know... You assume she's a human, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. She could be like the human that all of these, those uh, Soji and whatever were based on. Uh-huh. Who knows? So um, in exchange for a vial of medicine that can save Corey's life, Q uh, requests Soon to help deal with Renee because yeah. Soon can't change her timeline, but it, or sorry, not Soon. Q can't change her timeline, but for some reason Soon can. Um, yeah. So... You, they make a deal. And Soong's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll make sure Renee doesn't get on that rocket ship. Yeah. We go to Seven and Rafi, uh, who are going to break Rios out of ice custody. It actually happens in this episode. I thought it happened in episode yeah. four, too. But yeah, mm-hmm. it happens in episode five. Okay. Um, and yeah, so they, they basically find where the bus is, like pull the bus over, uh, fucking they open up the doors and they fucking knock out. They punch the fucking ice officer and let everyone free. Yes. Which of course, that's not going to fucking do anything to the future. No, 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 no one immigrants no. aren't. What are you, you know. talking about? It's not going to help hurt the future. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. But don't be dumb. Um, like, gosh. it's not going to affect shit. Right. Uh, the writers are like, yeah, they're just going to go back to the Home Depot parking lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> fucking, I hate this show so much. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Back at Lost Arena, the queen, the board queen taps into the ship's communications to broadcast an emergency call and lure a policeman onto the ship. Uh, Agnes mm, yeah, sh- right, right. shoots. This is, yeah. yeah, Agnes fucking shoots the queen to prevent her from assimilating the policeman, but the dying queen injects Agnes with Borg nanoprobes. Yep. And uh, fucking assimilates her. Picard knows that uh, Renee, uh, his great granddaughter or whatever, is destined to find a sentient organism on Jupiter's moon Io. And it is essential that she does not back out of the Europa mission. Okay. So that's, that is the hinge point we find out now. All um, right. 
Yeah, they had to find the Watcher, and Mm -hmm. the Watcher told them, hey, this is the fucking hinge point. So we're making this sound way more cohesive than it is. Like, the the way that the episodes are structured, this is just, like, so drawn out Mm -hmm. and, like, chaotic and filled with all these, like, nonsense, like, detours and whatnot, and it is... Oof. Yeah, I mean, like, hard to get through. Yeah, initially watching it, like, I had to go back and like watch a lot of criticisms of it and watch two full episodes of it just to make sure I saw what I saw and like everything I thought was reinforced. And I'm like, it. it I think it's worse than I thought it was. I don't even know. It's not good. Yeah. So, um, so he finds out that uh, Renee has to go on the mission. So to monitor her her at a pre-flight, pre-Europa mission gala, uh, Girardi infiltrates the event to hack the system so that they can attend. Right. Uh, So Girardi, uh, Agnes, is not completely Borg now, but she has Borg powers, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, And the Borg queen's consciousness is kind of lurking in the back of her mind, but she can kind of overpower it at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. So, my question here, what, what, I don't, I, if the, if the plan was for her to, like, hack the system, and the way she executes her plan is to, like, get caught by the guards and brought to the security office, what if they just, like, didn't bring her to the security office? Because she uses the fact that she's in the security office to hack the system or whatever. Right. But, like, what if she just got brought somewhere else or just kicked out? Like, what? Or why didn't they, like, contain her? Like, I mean, I guess they didn't know she was. Did they not know she'd been hacked, like, or got hit by the Borg Queen? I don't know. They didn't know that. Okay, they didn't know that yet. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that, that, that whole thing was a fumble. It, yeah. Anyways, she gets them in. They're, they get in. Yeah. I, so this is kind of the episode, I think, where I was like, what, what is Q doing? What is his agenda? What is his fucking motive here? Why is he going and like malevolent, malevolently manipulating people in order to like create this bad future? Like it's, it's not because in the past, all of Q's trials to Picard we're kind of just putting him in a situation and letting him figure it out. This time Q is actively trying to sabotage him the entire time, which I don't think it's even a trial at that point. It's like Q is trying to yeah. fuck up Picard for some reason. Yeah. And I don't get it. Cause before he's and just I been like mischievous. It. Like it was, uh, yeah. And that's the thing more than anything, all of, all of this happens. This entire season happens at Q's will. Yeah. And the biggest hole in the plot is I don't understand what Q's motives are. They try yeah. to explain them in the last episode and I don't buy it. It doesn't fit in with its character. It doesn't fit in with any other thing in Trek. Yeah. And it, liter- get there. it literally retcons a bunch of shit about Trek mm-hmm. and I hate it. I would agree. I but to get it. there, we need to understand what happened. We do. Moving on to episode six. Wait, how did episode five wrap up again? Um, episode five ended. Uh, Agnes infiltrated uh, the event. Um, so they get access to the uh, the big event, the mm-hmm. big gala um, pre-Europa mission. Mm-hmm. And um, the Borg Queen is still lurking in the back of Agnes's mind. 
Did Picard give his like pep talk to Renee no, yet? No, that's next, okay. next, okay. next episode. All right. All right. We'll get there. We will get there. In episode six, with the Queen's help, Agnes Girardi gives Picard, Tallinn, and Rios access to the gala. Mm-hmm. There, Picard is confronted by Soong, who alerts security that Picard is a dangerous man. Yeah. Yeah, real dangerous 88-year-old man (laughs) in a tuxedo at a fucking NASA party. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, real dangerous. Says the fucking guy who's just been stripped from all of his funding and research by the government. Yeah, for like being a eugenicist or something. Right. Like he's like actually a psycho. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Prince Spiner's not good in this. Like I, I am a fan of the man's work. Me too. I'm not talking too much shit, you know. But But he sucks in this. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, his his acting is pretty bad, and it gets it gets worse from episode six onward. The more they show him, the less happy I am. Yeah. So um, Agnes and the Queen cut the lights uh, to the gala to create a distraction, and then. Fucking Agnes walks down the stairs with a microphone and sings a full version of Shadows of the Night uh, with the band who just happens to know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was not explained at oh, all? Oh, no, it is explained. Oh, it is? Yes. So the resulting rush of endorphins allows the, uh, the Borg Queen to take full control of Agnes's body. So she did it for a rush of endorphins. No, no, no! I mean the band. Oh, how the band knew? Like the there's a full band playing on playing along with her, and I mean, it's not know. explained as to like how they how would they know to play the song? Like what the fuck? I mean, if they're if they're a good jazz band, I mean, I could probably figure that all out real fast. Like, yeah, but like it it doesn't seem like they were given any advance notice of <sighs> this particular event. That's that's true. Maybe maybe fucking Agnes. Uh, um, assimilated all of them before playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would only make sense. That would, that would, that's the only way that would yeah. make sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, so. that'd be sick. And we'd be like, we call ourselves Jazz Band is Futile. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Music theory is futile. Yeah. The resulting rush of endorphins allow the Borg Queen to take full control over Agnes's body because they explain here that apparently the Borg nanites travel on endorphins. That makes no sense. Yep. Um, Q, having taken the role of Renee's therapist, strokes her insecurity with text messages, mm-hmm. and she begins to flee the party. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know why, how Q, like, how Q is not allowed to change her future in any way. However, he can be her therapist and send her text messages so he can change her future. I don't get it. I don't understand now why Q can't do what he did. Like before I was like, okay, fine. They're giving Q a limitation. And then, and then in this episode, they're like, oh, by the way, he does, he, he doesn't have that limitation at all. Yeah. I don't know. It, he, it he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't yeah. have the limitation now. I guess he, he can I guess affect the only your future now. Limitation is that he's less powerful yeah he can't just like murk her or something but he can become her therapist and text message her i don't understand yeah that takes a lot of power to just do that 
<sighs> Picard finds uh, Renee and has a big, long fucking speech on her and convinces her to go through with the mission by talking about his mother. Mm-hmm. Who also loved the stars and also struggled with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking soon sees Renee and Jean-Luc walking together outside mm-hmm. and he attempts to run over Renee with his Tesla. <laughs> Correct. Instead, he runs over Picard. Yeah, because Picard pushes her out of the way. And I love how they just like make it canon in here that like Tesla's auto stop doesn't work at all. <laughs> and <laughs> Tesla, funny. Tesla cars are happy to hit a pedestrian. I love that. Me That's too. Nice. Me too. Um, that, that was my favorite part of the entire season. Yeah. is when Picard got hit by a Tesla. I, I, mm-hmm. I had a good laugh. That was it. Yeah. Picard pushes her out of the way. He's hit by the Tesla and knocked unconscious. He's like bleeding out on the sidewalk. It does a big like shot and pans out from him. Um, after returning home, Dr. Soong, uh, rants at Kare. She investigates, oh, sorry, Kare, um, his, his daughter, presumptuous daughter. Mm-hmm. She investigates his research and learns that she is the only one to have survived out of apparently many, many clones she created. He created. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. He created. Um, then we go to Teresa's clinic where Tallinn has taken Picard uh, after he got hit by the car mm-hmm. and uh, she decides she needs to enter Picard's mind to help him wake up from a memory that his mind is fixated on. So an 88 year old man gets getting hit, hit by, by a, car. a car. He doesn't go into a coma. He goes into a memory. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. Whoa. There's, there's way more we got to talk about here. Yeah. An 88 year old man mm-hmm. gets hit by a car, a Tesla, a Tesla <laughs> in their spaceship. Yep. They have a med bay. They do. That can heal him. Yes. But instead of going back to the ship, they say, no, no. We need Rio to- specifically says, no, no, we need to go to this, this doctor I know. I, I still need to fuck Teresa, and I need a good excuse to hit on her. Yeah, and an so, old man dying is so perfect. Up to this point, <laughs> he has interacted with her twice. Yes. So he interacts with her first at the hos- hospital. And then Rick they and get, Marty. Then they get arrested. Yep. And then he interacts with her at the ice station. Yep. Or the ice thing. They let her go, but they keep him. Mm-hmm. And then he interacts with her here. They bring, bring Picard there instead of going to the ship, which, like I said, can heal him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so that, that's the end of the episode. So yeah, then Tal- Talon's yeah, like, Talon, we, we gotta go in. We or, gotta, we gotta go into Picard's mind. Cause he's, his, his mind palace. He's fixated on a memory and that's why he won't wake up. Not because he got a concussion as an 88 year old man getting hit by a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Not that. Sorry. You mean an 88 year old positronic life? True. Form. That's also true. Yeah. But you know what? I'm assuming that was completely retconned at this point. Well, I mean, doesn't doesn't uh doctor lady like like do the the things on him, the defibrillator and it like blows up the defibrillator or whatever? I didn't remember that. That I, definitely happens. Okay. Yeah. So, and then she's like, "I don't know what's going on with that old man. I've done all these tests and he's nothing like anything." He's uh, a, he's a robot who's thinking too hard about his past. Yeah. What? Mhm. What? Yeah, of course. And so then, 
Yeah. What? Okay, so <laughs> then we get to go into Picard's mind, correct? Episode seven? Uh, in episode seven, yeah. Um, so this is the craziest shit. Tallinn, who is the watcher, mm-hmm. pulls out. So This is around the time that she reveals that she's actually a, a Romulan. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, by the way, I'm actually not human. I actually or, got these pointy ears. And then her fucking look el- just ears like Laris. And, and Picard's like, oh, my God. So I'm actually a Romulan milf. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so then she pulls out some fucking Romulan tech that allows her to go into Picard's mind. And oh my god, is this the cheapest looking prop I've ever seen? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It it looks hot glued together. It's funny. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, um them going into Picard's mind or her going into Picard's mind also mm-hmm. dumb. Yeah. It sucks. Yep, so inside his mind Episode seven starts uh, inside Picard's mind. He's reliving part of a memory from his childhood mm-hmm. uh, where his apparently abusive father, Maurice, is chasing down Picard's younger self and his mother, Yvette, through the house. Um, Talon helps Picard realize that his mother was actually struggling with mental illness and Maurice was just trying to protect her and Picard. And she does this by talking to a young Picard in his memory palace, basically. Correct. Picard uh, finally wakes up from his coma, uh, and Talon reveals that she is actually Romulan and possibly Laris's ancestor, even though she looks exactly like Laris. Well, if we've learned anything like about the Soongs from you that's know, true, all of the Soongs look character. the exact same. <laughs> no, no, Brit. All of the Soongs look like Brent Spiner. That's true. Which which <laughs> tells me that either a Soong was cloning himself, mm. or b he's entirely inbred. Every single one mm. down the line inbred. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I I choose to believe that. I yeah. choose to believe that either that or he just like has sex with his clone sex sex slaves. So dude, this episode fucking sucked. Like, oh, this was this terrible. Almost this entire episode is takes place in this like dream of Picard where he's in his mind palace. Yeah, yeah, where he's reliving a memory. But like in the memory, mm-hmm. he grew up in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, he's like, he's dressed like a little fucking dandy boy. Even and there's though- no there's no technology shown at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like. 1800s ass shit it's like game of thrones all of a sudden but but this would have been like, like given his age now and everything like this would have been like the 2250s maybe the 2240s something like that no not even that long ago oh i'm sorry yeah the 2420s 24 yeah, it was the 20 it's the 24th century it's like 24 yeah the 24th century means uh 2300 to 2400 because okay. year zero right. is the first century I, but it, I thought it was like year twenty four thirty. So this, this uh, Picard here uh, takes place. I think it starts in um, twenty seven. Uh, sorry, twenty three ninety nine, and uh, the original Star Trek. Uh, or sorry, Star Trek TNG takes place in like twenty three seventy ish. All right. Okay. Yeah. Picard season season two takes place and starts in twenty four oh one. Oh, twenty four oh one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were so very yeah, close. Yeah. So season one starts in 2399. So correct. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this might have been, yeah, in that case, because early... he's supposed to be like a hundred something years old here, right? I think he's supposed to be older than he actually is because people live fucking way old or something. Oh, I don't know. I think. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I imagine. So I don't know. But he, uh, but also, I, actually, I take that back. He's like a year old because he's a fucking robot. That's true. He's a why robot. Does, why? I don't. Why does this robot have to 
overcome his past human trauma. I don't get that. Yeah, he's a robot. Does does Data have to get over trauma? I don't know if Data knows what trauma is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand why there's such a different rule set for Positronic Picard, even though he's made like fucking... Oh, I'm sorry. The first Picard was in 2399. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is two years after that. So, mm-hmm. he's two years old here. Yeah. So, he, he should be dating Kess. Nah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, or fucking, he should be preyed on by fucking... Um, okay. Neelix. Neelix, yeah. yeah. D- dumb man. I, I try to forget his name. <laughs> Neelix, Neelix ain't that bad. So Neelix shot, ain't yes, that bad. Yes, he is. Um, nah, so I'm all right with Neelix. In... In Picard's memory palace, uh, Talon helps Picard realize that his mother uh, was just struggling with mental illness and Maurice, his father, was just trying to protect her and Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, so Picard wakes up for his, from his coma. Uh, Laris reveals herself. Picard theorizes that Q may have a personal stake in his trial and asks, uh, goes to Ten Forward and asks Guinan to summon Q using an El Arulian ritual. Which El-Orian. is Orion? Oh, sorry, El Orion. I don't know. Yeah. Um, El, uh, yeah. So, and the the ritual this is sucks. the ritual is so so fucking dumb. It is. So she pulls she, out this bottle of magical wine or and, whatever. Yeah, and she's like, uh, "Well, the El Orians, like, uh, you know, they imbue things with with powers because we share the the way we communicate is we share drink and food." And I'm like, "Oh my god, no." Like, it'd be funny if she just had, like, some really old pickles or something. She's like, you got to eat the Q-Pickle Picard. (laughs) He's like, that looks disgusting. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Picard Rick. Um, Yeah, Picard Rick. Picard Rick. That's the name of this season. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, she's like, yeah, if I drink this, a Q will come. So she drinks it. And like, there's a lot of like whooshing, and and she like lets out this her. roar. It's it's so mm-hmm. dumb. It's really dramatic. And then nobody shows up. Oh, but someone does show up. Oh right. The ritual fails, and a cue doesn't come. However, a guy comes in. Like this, this really a character actor I've seen on like Law and Order a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those guys. Uh, this guy named Martin Wells comes into the bar, and uh, you know he orders like a white wine or something. And then he arrests him. And uh, he's like, uh, y'all are aliens. Mm-hmm. We have this video of you, Picard, being transported down to Earth mm-hmm. and like just materializing out of nowhere. I know y'all are fucking aliens. You're under arrest by the FBI. So episode so, end. So so once again here, another fucking American three-letter agency just being evil for no reason. I mean, as they are want to do. I but. mean, they, they are, but like... The last person they would harass is Picard. He's an old white man. <laughs> like, come on. Like, maybe, get, maybe Guinan. Oh, definitely Guinan. Like, they'd be, they'd be like, we don't know what kind of alien you are if you're undocumented or from up there, but, you know, you're definitely like, something. The, the, that lack of eyebrows, that really tells yes, us. Yes, right? What happened to your eyebrows, lady? Yeah. So, Rio secretly brings Teresa and her son onto the La Serena. And at this point, I just wanted to break your TV, Spencer. Yeah, you did, but my TV is nice. And it is. I, 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 so won't, I won't. I won't. I, I will think about it, though. Yeah. I will fantasize so, about it actively. So Rios is like, yeah, this this 
lady and her son that I met like the other day mm-hmm. come with me onto my spaceship. Yeah. I don't care about the future. Yeah. This kid who's obsessed with Rick and Morty isn't going to tell all of his friends that he got to go on a spaceship. Uh-huh. That's, That's not going to happen. And then because none of his friends are going to believe him, it's going to create this like complex and he's going to be a big weirdo who can't make friends because right. he was all fucked up by And this. then he's going to start like an alt-right podcast and actually like get like a fucking like state senator gig somewhere and Holy then like shit. it's actually going to affect the timeline. And then he's going to, like, make a super ice that's going to arrest Picard for being white. This is what happens when you let Rick and Morty into the Star Trek canon. This is what happens. You know what? This is what happens, Spencer, when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, that's true. See what happens? See what happens? This is what happens. This is what happens. You find a stranger in the Alps. So he takes him onto the spaceship. And says, hey, by the way, I'm a time traveler. Mm -hmm. That's why I've been acting so weird. And uh, even though I look and talk exactly like people did 300 years ago. And for some reason, I love to smoke cigars because Mm -hmm. I just can't live in a future where uh, we don't have lung cancer. Yeah. Um, You got to create it if it isn't there. Right? Right? Create the future you want to live in. I agree. So we go to Raffi and Seven, who discover that the ship's computers have been sabotaged with Borg encryption codes and um, has begun tracking Agnes. Oh, and they begin tracking Agnes. They find a bar where she smashed a window and realize that the Borg queen is trying to create more endorphins in Agnes until she has enough power to assimilate more people and become a new Borg queen. Funnily enough, how she goes about generating more endorphins after this is eating a bunch of car batteries. No, no, not not quite, not quite, because she, she smashes the window, oh, and then right. she takes a guy mm-hmm. who's, like, eyeing her at the bar, and she's like, come with me. And then... Kills him. Uh, she fucks him in a back alley and kills him. Mm-hmm. Then eats a bunch of car then batteries. Then eats a bunch of car batteries, which, <laughs> which I think is, is actually... Sick. Actually, I think the next episode, episode eight, which yeah. I contend might be the worst episode of Star Trek ever, if... Episode nine hadn't have happened. Nice. Um, so let's just talk about episode seven here real quick. Why, why do we need young Picard? We don't. What is this supposed to teach us? It's, it's trying to force this story of his mother down our throats. Why? We're like, we don't care. Why do we care that Picard's abusive father was just trying to protect him and his mentally ill mother? Why? And I don't why? know. Like his, his father is not really a character. Though his father is played by the dude who plays Gaius Baltar in yeah. Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Which is pretty sick. Which um, is pretty sick. We love Gaius Baltar. Yeah, he, he's so. actually a great actor on this. He's yeah. one of the, he puts in one of the best performances of anybody on the show. But he's, the writing is still fucking dog shit. Yeah. Um, another question. Why the fuck does Guinan have a bottle of juice that summons Q? Yeah, I don't know. The Q, as a race, in canon, are nigh omnipotent, so they could just know if someone wanted to talk to them. Yeah, that's true. They are are basically, they're nigh omnipotent, which means within the universe, within like the Milky Way, they have almost complete control. They can control time. They can control different universes. They can control all matter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but they, they don't know when someone wants to talk to them and they can't affect Renee Picard because she's too important to the future? If you're a Q that's dying. Yes. We'll get to that. Yeah. We will get to that, Spencer. Why would an FBI agent try to capture an alien with warp technology 
with handcuffs. They have warp technology. They can go different places with the warp technology. Yeah. Your fucking FBI office theoretically will not hold them. Yeah, yeah, transporters and shit, man. Yeah. So yeah, we got to talk about that. So episode eight. Let's get let's get at let's get at it. They're arrested. Uh, I mean, one more thing. Yeah. Borg nanites travel on endorphins. Why doesn't Gerardi just get some fucking fentanyl? Like, there's ways to fucking flood your system with endorphins that aren't smashing, doing a ton of public weird shit. But what? But, but, but eating a bunch of car batteries is cool, though. But, like, but it's but, a pretty cool thing but to like, do. Fucking a guy and killing him in the alleyway is not cool. Going I mean, to a pool hall in the first place is not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking like it, it's just like it, but the car batteries. I mean that that's <laughs> well okay. Episode eight. Uh-huh. <sighs> Episode well, eight. Release me from this hell. Uh, I mean, please. release me from this FBI office. So mm-hmm. Wells tries. Uh, Wells, the FBI agent, tries to make Picard and Guinan confess to being aliens. Mm-hmm. He separates them, and Guinan is visited by Q who explains for the first time that he is dying mm-hmm. and that the trial he's putting Picard and everyone else through is a final attempt to give his own life meaning. Yes, he does say this. What the fuck? First off, the Q are, in canon, immortal. They have always been there, and they will always be there. Mm-hmm. Qs don't die. That we know of. They don't die that the, they say of. They have a Q civil war so they can kill each other, but they can't die from just like regular old age. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 I mean, been around, around since time immemorial. Why, why would fucking time matter? He mm-hmm. can change time. He can go mm-hmm. back in time. He can make himself younger as we saw in the first episode. Yes, correct. What is going on? Well, Q's dying. That's what's going no. On. Um, or so he claims. So Q says that all humans are stuck in the past and Guinan then uses astral projection to share this message with Picard, who was in another mm. FBI room. Correct. Uh, the FBI agent Wells reveals to Picard that he encountered aliens when he was a child and thought that they would kill him. Mm-hmm. But Picard explains that they were just uh, Vulcans who were only trying to erase his memory. This is a reference to an Enterprise yeah. episode. Which which is, is fine. This is actually a, a decent callback, and I will totally, totally buy it. Yeah. However, the the arresting them with the FBI, like, it's a callback that they use an entire episode to make a callback, and mm. it's never talked about again, and it has no importance to the plot at all at no. any point. No, it doesn't. It, this episode like, is like it's is like filler. It's catch and release. It's like, yeah. hey, you're with the FBI. Oh, well, now you're not with the FBI. Well, what'd you learn from the FBI guy? Nothing. We learned something from Q while we were in the FBI office, but the FBI guy taught us nothing. He just made a callback to an episode of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got the faith of the heart. I'll give it that. Man, it's got the hate of the fart. <laughs> That's what it has, man. The hate of the yeah, fart. Yeah, that's the name of the episode. The hate of the fart. <sighs> so, um, Wells, the FBI agent, is forced to release Picard and Guinan after the FBI fires him <laughs> for conducting an illegal investigation. So, 
he somehow got an entire FBI crew to go along with him and arrest these people, even though like none of his higher ups knew anything about this. Mm-hmm. No one signed off on it, and he was just obsessed with aliens. Nice. It, it's 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 a it it's it's a weird thing. Meanwhile, Raffi and Seven find the Borg Queen collecting car and phone batteries to modify Gerardi's body and make it capable of assimilation. And she's just literally like eating car batteries out of cars, which yeah. is super awesome, honestly. It is. And she's got like battery acid coming down her face which and stuff. It's, it's, it's super good. interesting that like she can totally eat lithium batteries and that helps build her, but also fucking lead acid car batteries. <laughs> Yeah, as though all the, kinds of batteries. As though are good, the Bo- the why why are the Borg using a technology that fuck that old? Like it's a car battery. Mm-hmm. It's a car battery. Why would the yeah, Borg could, use like, that technology? I'm pretty sure you can make a car battery on your own, like or, DIY one. Or why why isn't she just eating lithium batteries? Like something that's like way more efficient. Like a car battery is not efficient. Mm-hmm. It's made out of lead acid. That's why yeah, it weighs forty she, fucking pounds. She needs the lead acid to like I don't know. <sighs> Fine. Eat up her insides or something. I don't know. She she wants that spicy pussy. Oh she, yeah, she got that spicy pussy. If she got that. that lead acid pussy. Uh, uh, yeah. She's eating all these batteries. It's pretty <sighs> cool. They, so, they confront her and they yeah, fight. Yeah, and, and she attacks them, but yeah. uh, she uh, she's able to uh, force her down to stop and leave. After learning about her true nature, Corey leaves her father, Soon, Andrew Soon, mm-hmm. uh, with help from Q. And this is this is a scene that I fucking hated. So Soon puts on like a fucking Oculus Rift ass, mm-hmm. you know, a VR headset and. Q appears like mm-hmm. in the VR headset and yeah. tells her that uh, she is a clone, even though she learned that like two episodes ago. Yeah. But her learning it from Q is like a big enough revelation to like turn her against her father. Yeah. Which I'm like, why didn't that happen two episodes ago when she first learned this information? Like Q, Q being here in this scene are completely useless. Yes. Uh, awful. Uh, next we go to Soong, who is uh, talking with the Borg Queen, uh, now is Gerardi. Um, mm-hmm. And she persuades him uh, that he will be able to save his legacy and become like a hero of the future uh, if he can help her steal the Lost Arena, which will thereby enable her to conquer the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so it will change the future and you know, uh, with this Europa mission, apparently, uh, Rene Picard is going to come back and change the world for the better. But if she never goes on the mission, she can never change the world for the better. So mm-hmm. when the world goes to shit, soon will be the guy who everyone calls on. That's true. And so he's like, okay, yeah, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Q played me, but you know what? I'm going to let the Borg Queen play me now. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And that's where the episode ends. Um, yep. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, it, it, it is not quite yet. Not quite yeah, yet. There's yeah, one yeah. more thing. One more thing. Uh, Soong, at the end of the episode, provides the Borg Queen with a squad of mercenaries to convert into Borg drones and go after, you know, Picard, Seven, 
Raffi, all them. Yep. So, and they, they explain this with, uh, he's just on the phone. He's like, oh, thanks, General. Yep. Yep. Great. Bye. Click. And suddenly he has an army of mercenaries. This guy who is a, a, a research scientist. A disgraced research A scientist. disgraced research scientist is somehow like really good friends with a general who can get him a team of ex-special ops forces within, I mean, this happens all within a three-day period. So this is probably within like six hours these guys are mm-hmm. here. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Like, you know what would have been a cooler way to handle that scene? Have her, like, go to a police station, like a pre- police precinct, and then, like, take over all the cops. Right? That, yeah, that would make like, sense. Like, that would have made perfectly fine sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could have been fun. They could have done something fun with that, but instead they're like, but no, then also, no mercenaries. Right. Okay, here's another thing. So, also, they're in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The La Serena... Is in France. Is it at this point? Yes, it's at the Picard Villa. That's, that's right. It's still at the Picard Villa. So they somehow get all these dudes to France. That's true. Like somehow. 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 <laughs> that's a great point because all these guys are American ex special forces, but somehow uh-huh. they're within the vicinity to be able to get to France within a moment's notice. Well, I, I don't know if they meet up with them in France or if they meet up with them. But in, they're with him in France in the next episode. They are, yes. Um, and, and they become, well, the thing is, too, they, they become um, assimilated wherever they are here. So one, one would assume that they're assimilated, and if they fly on a plane to France, there's just these Borg on the plane? <laughs> yeah. just Bringing a bunch of guns, like, in their luggage? Mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they got all those guns to France. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of questions. There's a lot, like, yeah, like they're going to let you bring, because all, all of them have, like, assault rifles, and apparently they just, I mean, I don't think assault rifles are legal in France. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I'm going to assume no. Yeah. Um, God, this episode was a fucking mess. There's so much I don't understand about it. Okay. Uh, there's so many bad ideas, dumb things they did. Soong just making deals with people. Like, Soong, Soong is the only other person or entity in this who has dumber motives than Q, <laughs> perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, ultimately, he wants to save his daughter, but then he's like, oh, but what about my legacy? And, like, he just keeps on doing eviler and eviler stuff for, like, the lowest stakes bullshit. Mm-hmm. I hate it. He's like, I gotta hit this old man with my Tesla. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, old man. I just don't understand why Soong is so incredibly attached to this one clone that he made. Like, it's his daughter. He's like... Yeah, uh, but he, like, forgets about her after a certain point and, like, does, does other shit. And right. it's like, okay. Like, it... it because initially, like, his main motive is making sure that his daughter is fine, but then his daughter turns on him because she finds out he's a, a fucking, you know, a mad scientist. Yeah. And, uh, and then he's like, well, fuck my daughter. Um, uh, I got a whole new, th- whole new motive now. Whole mm-hmm. new motive. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like get back my daughter or anything. I'm just going to move on from her and just, uh, secure my legacy by murdering Renee Picard. Of course. That's what you do. 
<sighs> and helping the Borg Queen get a fucking starship. Like, what okay, the okay, fuck, Okay, hold man? on. Where are we? Where are we? Uh, we just ended uh, episode eight. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Corey, the, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It, it's just it's just bad. Red yeah. Spiner does some terrible acting in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Him, him pretending to be drunk yeah. is not good. Uh, also, he does a very bad job. Very bad. The FBI agent. The, the sad part is because pro- he probably already is drunk. So right. he could have just like leaned into that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and like the FBI subplot mm. didn't need to be there. It, it, was, it was the worst episode of X-Files I've seen in my life. Yeah. It was. No, the worst episode of X-Files I've seen is all 12 seasons of Supernatural. Fair, fair. But yeah, fuck, fuck that. Let's move on to episode nine. Uh, this the penultimate episode. This is the worst episode of Star Trek I've ever seen. I think. Okay. I think. Remind so. me what happens in this episode. So when we start out, the Queen, uh, Andrew Soong, and the drones, um, or the the Borg drones, who uh, fucking the Queen just assimilated, are in France, and they're they, attacking. Yeah, they the ship, they right? beam to La Serena, while Picard, Tallinn, Raffi, and Seven beam to Chateau Picard. Agnes's consciousness blocks the queen from the ship's systems until seven and Raffi get there, which I don't understand how she still has the power to do that. When the queen has already gotten enough power to take over her full body. I just don't get the rules they're playing with here. When Agnes is lucid, when she's completely bored queen, they're just making it up here. Sure. They try to use the ship against the queen, but she mortally wounds seven fucking stabs her with a big old fucking stupid, really poorly CGI uh, tentacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and seven and nine also notable in this episode kills a bunch of Borg drones. It yes. has a line that's like, oh, they don't matter. They're just Borg. Right. Or whatever. Which is like, which is like, what? How can you make seven of nine say that? She's an ex-Borg. Right. Like, and that, what that, the fuck? that's her big thing in, in Voyager is like, hey, we can save the Borg. Yeah. that That's her thing. That's like a huge part of her character. Given, like, what, are you, what, are, given, what are you doing? I will say this. She's not Borg here, right? And yeah. this is this is her from the alternate timeline, which shouldn't exist. So if you use that shitty logic and she's the other one who never became Borg from the alternate timeline, but she's she'd not, be okay though. with she's, killing Borg. She's just seven, but they're all the same characters. She is, but she's from the alternate. Uh, yeah, that's true. But but she same. but but in the in the alternate future, she's not a Borg though. Remember, so she for never sure. encountered the Borg, so she has no empathy for them. But she still has her memories of being a Borg. It's it's terrible. The writing is so bad. How does she have her memories from being a okay? I don't. I just don't understand how how all these people's futures are different. Yet they still have memories of the past, but they don't have memories of the alternate past. Why? Yes, that that is very confusing. That doesn't make yes. any sense. Yeah, they should have memories of the alternate past instead. But instead, they have memories of the past that supposedly didn't happen. So. Yeah, yeah, it's um so that's how we end up with situations about people arguing as to whether or not Picard met Guinan in Mark Twain. Because times. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That that's the ultimate <sighs> takeaway here. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. so they're all storming the thing, storming mm-hmm. the ship. Seven kills a bunch of Borg because she doesn't care about Borgs anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh gets stabbed by 
Borg Queen, Queen slash Gerardi, whatever she is now. Gerardi convinces Borg Queen to save Seven. Mm-hmm. And this is an incredibly cringe moment. <sighs> save Seven by giving her the same implants that she had. When, when she, she was, was an ex Borg. She was an ex Borg. Like, it, it's not. Makes, it, but, and the thing is, she got stabbed in the stomach. Like, why does she need all this, like, an eyebrow? Right. Thing and, so, or, and, so, and so, to save what? her. To save her life, the Borg Queen doesn't turn her into a Borg. She turns her into the same ex Borg she used to be. Mm hmm. So she. Uh, mi- I. <laughs> Or, or, or she basically like makes her who she was in the not alternate timeline, mm-hmm. which I just I don't get any of this. Yeah, that doesn't I make, don't understand one, what they're going for. That one legitimately makes absolutely no sense. It may, yeah, that makes zero sense. It was like it was a thing that was obviously trying to be fan service, but failed on every fucking level. Yeah, surely somebody oh was like, God. "Wait, what? Why?" No one but, in the writer's room. Yeah. Nobody in the writer's room. Not Alex yeah. Kurtzman, that's for sure. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, man. So after they send Rios, ter- uh, Teresa, and her son to safety, Picard and Talon escape from Soong and the drones in the tunnels beneath the chateau. Picard recalls his mother having a mental break while they were playing hide-and-seek in the tunnels when he was a boy. So we go back into Picard's memory palace here. Mm-hmm. Uh, after which she... Uh, ends her own life in like the big atrium that they, they usually play in like the first herself. episode. Yeah. She hangs herself. So, um, his father, the story goes, locked her in a room, but Picard released her using a skeleton key that will be very important in the later plot, I guess. Uh, and so he releases her with a skeleton key. He finds this key, releases her and she ends up hanging herself, killing herself. Mm-hmm. Picard obviously blames himself for her death. Um, discussing this with Talon helps Picard come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Soon corners them, but Rios beams back and forces him to flee. Yeah. Agnes convinces the Borg Queen to change her ways and build a new Borg collective through cooperation rather than assimilation, truly becoming a new Borg Queen. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the past was able to talk to the Borg Queen, fucking Data, Picard, you know, the whole thing in, you know, yeah. first contact. They they couldn't convince the Borg Queen to not be the Borg, but somehow fucking Agnes Gerardi. Who killed her boyfriend in the first season. She's a murderer. Who fucking murdered her boyfriend mm-hmm. in the first season, got dumped by Rios before the beginning of this Which season. Which makes sense. I mean, I who, would, who oh wouldn't God. have dumped her? Oh, God. Yeah, imagine hanging around that. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So she's the new Borg queen now, and yep. she it's a it's a bold new Borg. It's uh-huh. a BNB. It's a it's a Borg that is like okay with cooperating with people and working together because cooperation is better than assimilation. Because you know the the Borg. You know, they've been around for thousands yeah. of years and they, this is the first time they've heard that. Yeah, for, for sure. First time anyone's tried to convince them of that. Yeah. The first time ever, anyone's ever been like, Hey man, maybe instead of forcing us to it, do it's, it's your al- will. It's almost like this board queen never like encountered Q or yeah. not Q, a uh, Hugh rather Oh yeah. in the past, even though, you know, 
Hugh was in the first season. Uh, right. <laughs> I know. And so Hugh is definitely canon in the story. Yeah. Except somehow Hugh never fucking like encounters the Borg Queen, although we know that Hugh goes back and the Borg have like kind of a civil war because of him. Mm-hmm. Like that that's Star Trek canon, but but apparently here that just that's not a thing. But if we're doing the alternate timeline, apparently the Borg Queen I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. The Borg I don't know. I don't like apparently Gerardi, her brain is so powerful that when her brain gets mixed with the Borg Queen's brain, it makes a super brain that's like, you know what we should do? Kill our boyfriend. We should kill our boyfriends. (laughs) And we should also say, instead of making people follow us, we're going to ask them nicely Mm -hmm. and see if they want to come with us. I should also point out at this point, in the series, really the only characters with like any agency that are actually affecting anything really are all women, Mm -hmm. which is very new Trek and very like, I'm fine with like writing stuff feminist and I'm, I'm, I'm awesome with this, you know, passing the Bechdel test, although it really doesn't because it's all about Picard, but, um, like, the fucking men don't do anything. They're fucking dumb as fuck. Like the most Rios does in this entire fucking series is a uh, run Soong away with his drones mm. in this episode. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, it's fucking, you know, and, but Rios wouldn't be there. if Fucking seven didn't break him out of fucking ice. Yeah. And like, you know, or if uh, what's her, fa- Teresa didn't heal him or, you know, and, or if uh, fucking Picard's mind wasn't fixed by the the watcher and it's like or the the supervisor and like <clears throat> I don't know it's just like the the situations and the storytelling is just so awkward and like confusing and the if you haven't figured it out already like the the story is just like changing every episode mm-hmm. like the the it's the, a it's a different subplot, but it's not self-contained. It's like they just leave the subplot on an ellipsis mm-hmm. and maybe come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Like the the Soong stuff happens in one episode, then they don't. Then they do the episode about Picard's mind, and then they do another episode, and then they come back to the Soong stuff later. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, it's like the Renee Picard oh, stuff. Yeah. Like so, Renee yeah. is you, in like two right. episodes, and then they just don't have her for like four episodes, uh-huh. even though and she, then she comes back in the finale, and she's apparently the most important. She's the hinge point. Yeah. She's the hinge point. She is. She's the reason that all this is happening, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they completely drop that for a super long time, and it's just so weird. Yeah, and they're just uh, focus on Picard's mom instead, and Picard's past trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing he needs to get over now in order to help Renee, apparently. Yes. <sighs> so uh, the new Borg Queen uh, heals Seven by adding her to the collective mm-hmm. and then departs in Lost Arena for the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, they make a deal with Gerardi. They're like, mm-hmm. we're going to let you go. Yeah. They make nice Borgs, but only nice Borgs. Mm-hmm. You better not make bad Borgs. And then she leaves. Big, bad, beetle Borgs. Yeah. Yep. Don't, don't, make don't you make those. Nope. nope. Not allowed. So uh, she, Gerardi is the new queen, uh, departs on the Lost Arena for the Delta Quadrant, uh, leaving a message for Picard saying, there must be two versions of Renee, one who will fly the Europa mission mm-hmm. and one who will die. How does the Borg queen know this? 
because she knows all of recorded history, and she can travel through time, and if she has Agnes Gerardi's super brain. Why doesn't Agnes Gerardi <laughs> fix all this then? That's a great fucking Agnes question. Agnes Gerardi is the Borg queen, has the same like motives now as Picard, and she's no, not- No, no, no. She wants to go make nice Borgs, dude. Yeah. They, they, they have basically the same end point. It will get to the end. Yeah. They all have to get to this point, and they're all basically on the same team now. Mm-hmm. But she's not willing to help them. No, she's like, I'm bailing with your ship. Later, yeah. nerds. Yeah, like, I, I could probably, with my Borg powers, fix this easily and create the future that we both want and not the one that Q wants. However, I gotta fucking go to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, that, yeah. She's the, just uh, like, I'm uh, gonna go. That takes fucking 400 years at fucking Warp 8 or whatever the fucking Lost Arena can go at. It's like, yeah, right? Like, yeah. How, how is she gonna get to the Delta Quadrant unless... Uh, the, the Borg wormhole shit, probably. The hacking the Borg wormholes. I guess that could make kind of sense, but I feel like the, yeah. did the Borg even have this t- that technology in the the the, she, in the 21st would, century? She would remember it, right? I guess she remembers everything, but why does she remember everything? <laughs> but only as Agnes Borg lady. I, I don't know, but apparently she knows that there needs to be two Rene Picards, and one back to, has to die. One has to die. One has to die. One has to live. That's what has to happen. So, what do you think has to happen, Britt? Well, obviously, one Rene must die. Mm-hmm. That's they said that in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. The last episode, episode ten, the finale. Despite Picard's protests, Tallinn intercepts the Queen's message as her needing to sacrifice herself to save Rene. Mm-hmm. She uses a holographic disguise. Uh, to thwart Soong's murder attempt on Rene. And he does this by... Uh, oh, my fucking God. This is, this is one of the... Okay. I, I, I screamed at this when yeah. this happened. And, like, you were there. Yeah. I was okay. like, no so, fucking so, way. So l- let's back up just a little bit here. So uh, on the day of the Europa mission, we see Dr. Soong uh, rolling up into NASA, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, he's, and they're like, oh, well, we have a quarantine. You can't meet any of the astronauts. And he's like, uh, are you sure? I've given a whole lot of donations to you. I uh, should be able to break quarantine for that. And the fucking, the mm-hmm. PR lady for NASA is like, oh, okay, I guess we could uh, break the rules for sure, you. Sure, yeah, you, yeah. You gave you, us a bunch of money. You even a though, bunch of money, yeah. Even though you're a disgraced scientist whose funding research and ability to research were cut off by the U.S. government. Yeah. You're still right. like a prominent scientist with power at NASA? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, yeah, why? Why? Yeah, you're disgraced, bro. Like why? Why? What the heck? So so then he like he he requests to meet Renee Picard specifically, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I just wanted to meet you, and he shakes her hand, right? And like after he shakes her hand, she like falls down, dying, and mm-hmm. he goes ahead and peels off of his hand a like a little fake skin thing. And he's like, ha ha, and he's holding it in his hand. He like mm-hmm. peels it off of his hand. He's like, I gave you a neurotoxin. Through this skin I had on my hand, and, and so <laughs> and, well, and so, so now wait, 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 we need to point me, out. I know, so, so before this episode started, uh-huh. or actually when it was starting, you pointed out that the writer and director of the episode mm-hmm. was the same guy who wrote none other than Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. Correct. And you, you just made a snide remark about like, oh, I hope we're not going to get like the uh, the the wax lips thing, like because in Batman and Robin, uh, 
Um, so fuck. he he didn't direct this episode. Okay, okay, but he he co-wrote uh, it. He he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm he, double checking that. Um, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. He definitely had a hand in writing it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure because that was the thing. Because you joked about it, and you're like, "Oh, I bet. Uh, I hope we're not going to get like a, wa- a a wax lips moment." And it was that exact. It was it was exactly that. So it, it had to have been. Uh, so if you haven't seen Batman and Robin 1997, mm-hmm. there's a scene in which Poison Ivy tries to poison Chris O'Donnell's Robin by kissing him mm-hmm. uh, with poison lips. But he was like, "No, he's babe, wearing fake lips. I and have pulls them fake." Off skin over my lips and pulls it off well this is basically the the opposite of that and so and so um, i've and got a very I, i've got some questions here mm-hmm. first off so that's that's a different thing because yeah. basically uh robin was just using that is a, a um defense a defense is a uh, uh what do you call those when you eat the pussy with the thing uh, uh a, a dental dam dental dam yeah he was just <laughs> that'd be great if he was actually using a dental dam to get, <laughs> or if he had to like eat poison ivy's pussy or something <laughs> That would have been better. But so yeah. Dr. Seung has a patch of, of deadly neurotoxins on his palm that he just takes off with his other hand. And just holds it in his That hand. is not gloved at all. So apparently, like, he, 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 the neurotoxin just doesn't affect him at all. Yeah, apparently. But it affects Romulans as well as uh, maybe humans, mm-hmm. but definitely Romulans. So, so. Colin dies in Picard's arms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, while Renee departs on the Europa mission, and, and like so, so, so the Sonya's reveal, spoiled. yeah, the reveal is like the the fucking the the rocket ships going up, and you're supposed to be like, oh no, Renee Picard is dead. She's not on that ship. But then you, we find out that Tallinn was in a hologram, and you know, and she dies in Picard's arms, and we know now that Renee is on that rocket ship. Mm-hmm. But. Soong has one last trick up his sleeve. He has some. He has some fucking like uh, some some drones, like right. the drones, and he's gonna shoot this fucking thing out of the sky, right? Yeah. Um. But then, but then, then seven re- seven of nine gets a hold of one, of, like hacks into a system. Yeah, using a MIDI controller. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she hacks into a <laughs> using a MIDI controller. <laughs> l- listen. That's pretty sick. I'm not. It'd be cool if she was using like a an a Kai pad or something. Oh no, no, it would be sick if it was like like turntables, <laughs> like scratching. No, it would like Serato. It would have had to have been Raffy doing that oh. just just to make it racist. Yeah. Um. Sure. Yeah. So. Oh my god. So, uh, seven of nine like hacks into one of the drones and destroys all the other drones with it. So they save the spaceship. So uh-huh. at this point, Soong has nothing left, and uh, you know uh, he he is he is lost. Yeah. You know he, he's his daughter's gone. He has not secured his future. But guess what? Uh-huh. It gets fucking worse because after this failure, Soong returns home to find that Corey has deleted all of his digital files. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Though he still has one physical file labeled Project Con, <laughs> which I I just yeah. I once again thought about breaking your television. I actually yeah. thought about just like sh- just throwing it out of your window, or yeah. just like going to your to your porch and just fucking throwing it as Frisbee-ing far as I can. It. Yeah, as far as just you can, uh, yeah. fucking. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, we don't need that. Uh, oh, you're forgetting something. The Am most I? important thing that happened in the uh, finale. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm getting there because okay. that happens right after this. Okay. Right after Corey uh-huh. deletes his files and stuff. Yeah. She's sitting there at yep. a park. This uh-huh. is what you're talking about, right? Yep. yep. 
someone just walks up, uh, shot from behind, and um, I I was like I groaned very loudly. We we both groaned. the The one thing I really really didn't need more than anything yep. in New Trek mm-hmm. was return of Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Just out Will, of nowhere. Will Wheaton. He just walks up to this girl in 2024. In, in 2024. He, a, he, he, beam, he beams old, down. As an old man. Yeah, as, a, as an, old, an old incel. He fucking beams down and uh, tells her that he is one of the travelers. And this this is actually an okay callback to, to TNG because there's two episodes actually that deal with the travelers in TNG. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about the second one. It's I think of the last season. Uh, when the traveler comes back and Wesley finally accepts to be one of the travelers mm-hmm. and the traveler chooses Wesley because on one of the, uh, I think first season episodes, the traveler comes and says that Wesley is like very talented and he is like, you know, he could be a traveler. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the thing about travelers is they can, uh, make thought into matter and time space, basically, at least in TNG world. It doesn't say anything about this here. Yeah, the travelers here are just people who keep. They're just Doctor Who. They're Doctor Who. This. They just keep the time space continuum constant and make sure and go back in time to make sure everything is running smoothly. Which makes me wonder why he didn't do anything this entire series. Why yeah. Picard had to make sure that the time space continuum was was all good. Like maybe maybe Will Wheaton, maybe Wesley Crusher is just like running around behind Rios and be like, not again, fuck. You fucked it up again, guy! They really just need to move away from time travel stories. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, Star Trek is no longer Star Trek. It's time Trek. It's star time. Mm. It's, it's, It's like, you know, different universes, different times, but like, no one's fucking just exploring shit in space, man. Yeah, they should maybe do some of that. That'd be cool as hell. Yeah, that'd be Good, Which is why the first episode, I'm like, okay, they're in space and checking yeah. something out. I'm bored. And then yeah. they're like, ha ha, tricked you. The rest of the series, no space. It's on Earth right now, two years from now, in LA. I'm like, what? <laughs> to no. save on production costs. If I wanted to see some shitty show about LA, I'd rewatch Entourage. <laughs> <sighs> and you know what? Entourage costs less than this. This show cost eight to nine million dollars a fucking episode. Yeah, it really costs a lot. Yeah, and they really waste that. So yeah, Will Wheaton shows up. It's cringe. Super cringe. Then finally we get a resolution to our Q plot. We line. do. And this this wasn't like this was this was really well acted. And uh, you know, it was it was a heartfelt, like 15 minute conversation between Q and Picard. Um, and it's in Picard's, like in the atrium where his mother killed himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Q and Picard discuss the purpose of the trial and Q tells him that he's, he's dying. Um, and Q hopes and tells Picard that he hopes that Picard has learned to let go of the past and accept love. So, so Q basically created this alternate fascist timeline. Yeah. In order to convince Picard to go back to his past to relive his trauma and accept it and accept love because that was very important to, uh, to fucking, to Picard. And to Q. And to Q. So Q's like the best emergent therapist ever. Yeah, which is, I mean, 
the thing is though, Picard Q has literally already taught this lesson to Picard. Yes. In a uh, past tense part one and two from DS nine. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's not right. It's a different episode. So past tense uh, one and two from DS nine are basically this, this season entirely. That's when uh, they went to the bell riots and everything. The yeah. hinge point. And so, mm-hmm. uh, there was another episode in TNG that this is like exactly like in that fucking Picard learns the exact same lessons. It's the one where he has to go to the past with a bar fight and everything. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, and so I don't understand where he gets his, like his, his new fake heart. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. And, and like they never mentioned in TNG, his past trauma and it doesn't affect him at all. He's, he's widely known as like the best captain ever. And, like, mm-hmm. someone who does things completely objectively and well mm-hmm. and, like, you know, by the numbers because he doesn't have all these fucking stupid hangups. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to talk to the fucking ship's counselor to get his heads right. It's like... He doesn't need to do it. He doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. So, after uh, he talks with Q, Picard places the skeleton key uh, from earlier back where he found it as a child allowing history to run its course, even though it means his mom killing herself. Yep. Q then uses the very last of his power. Which he makes a big show of. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to die doing this, but I'm going to send Picard, Seven, Raffi back to the Stargazer on their own timeline. And resurrect Elnor. Where Elnor's alive. Uh, And at this point, uh, Rios is like, "Uh, you know what? I'm going to stay back here. I, I'm just uh, going to stay with this girl I met four days ago. And, and one, of, one of the reasons he gives is he he likes real cigars. <laughs> it's a great reason to stay in the past, even though he's the captain of a starship. Yes, correct. So he is the captain of that ship. Of the he Stargazer. Is, he's abandoning yeah, it. He's choosing to abandon his ship in he's, he's abandoning it while it's going down. Uh-huh. Like while it's self-destructing, he's like he's not going down with the ship, which any starship captain would do. Yeah. Which is like their duty. I would even believe that character would do. Yeah. Up to this point. Yeah. But but he just decides, you know what? We don't have Rick and Morty in the future. That's so That's true. Yeah. They so lost that. Time to so. get Swifty. Yeah, he wanted to get Swifty with that kid. He, wow, wow. Well, no, 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 I mean, like, you know, <laughs> hang out with the kid, watch Rick and Morty. He hits the Rick and Morty dab rig. The kid doesn't, oh. obviously, until oh, he, he gets older. He hits the Rick and Morty dad rig. Because <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that's kid's dad. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so he so, decides to stay in the past with the girl he met four days ago. So now we're back on the Stargazer, exactly where we were at the end of uh, episode one, mm-hmm. where the Borg Queen has taken over the ship. Uh, there's like 10 seconds left on the self-destruction countdown, right? Yeah. Picard cancels it. Uh-huh. Picard uh, recognizes that the Borg Queen is Agnes, mm-hmm. whose collective has detected uh, a new transwarp conduit mm-hmm. that they offer to monitor as provisional members of the Federation. And uh, she's like, the reason I'm taking over your ship is we need your shield generators because mm-hmm. this anomaly is about to fucking explode. And if it does, it's going to take all of us out. And, and Picard's like, well, why didn't you just ask? And so fucking all the Federation ships and the Borg ship make a big old shield and save the whole fucking galaxy from yeah, this. Yeah, the, this big old space. Yeah, somebody in a comment called it a, giant space butthole that's about right that like shits out some stuff and Mm -hmm. then they they block it with their shields and then 
they allow the Borg to become members of the Federation, mm-hmm. which is awful. And then, uh, yeah, that's about that's about it, right? Is anything oh, else happen? Yep. So okay. one more thing. Mm-hmm. We get uh, we get Whoopi Goldberg back. Right. Forgot about this. So, uh, like, pretty much the last scene, uh, after reuniting with the older version of Guinan and learning about what Rios did in the 21st century and learning what, like, Rene Picard did in the 21st century and saved mm-hmm. everything, uh, Picard returns to uh, Chateau Picard and asks Laris for a second chance at love. Right. Cue credits. Credits cued, my dude. That, that, that sucked so much, dude. I yeah, hated it, it so it much. Was, it was bad. It was shitty and bad. It was, Not a fan. I mean, I, I said most of what I had to say, but like. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it feels like fan fiction, but like none of the people have ever watched Star Trek. It's just yeah. like people who want to talk about their past trauma in the guise of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's written by people that think that TV shows need to have conflict between all of the characters and that's mm-hmm. where all the drama, that's where all the interest comes from. Mm-hmm. And so they create the, and manufacture these like cheap moments of like conflict and resolution mm-hmm. that weaken the overall storyline. And it's like, they're committed on doing this like season long story arc, but they don't think it through. Well, because it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like low stakes, it, no motivation. It doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. fucking, and it doesn't make sense, especially when you put it in the context of like TNG. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we have never known about Picard's past trauma, even though he's talked about his mother before and his mother That's was true. even on an episode of TNG. Yeah. Like it, like it just, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. One thing I found funny was how Q, like right before he died, he told Picard like, uh, well, I want to like die here because like uh, Q's have favorites and you're my favorite. Q has a, a wife and a son. That's true. Miss Q and Q Jr. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I, I could die near my family, but I really like this old asshole that I fuck with all the time. Like what? What? I mean... Why? Q, dude. Who knows? Um, no, it's bad, and though. So, like, and so, really? I, and the, the other thing about the, their their heartfelt moment or whatever, like, at that, during that, Picard chooses to hug Q, mm-hmm. which uh, I just made me upset. I was like, no, man. Picard would never hug Q. Picard hates Q. Q fucking sucks. And Q put him through a bunch of bullshit for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it... No was, reason. For, and so, yeah. And so, the thing is, the entire hinge point of this whole story arc, mm-hmm. the one thing that needed to happen was Renee Picard to get over her depression and get on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. They could yeah. have done it in an episode. Yeah. But instead they yeah, needed this to. Whole, this whole storyline could have been one episode. Right. Because this, yeah. this whole thing is essentially about Renee Picard doing something but instead they have to make it about Picard getting over his trauma in order to help her, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. No, it's just bad storytelling and dumb writing. It is. It oh is. Oh my God. And you know what? Speaking of bad storytelling and dumb writing, mm-hmm. I took a deep look into the ass of the internet, Brit, mm-hmm. and I found some takes 
about Star Trek Picard that we got to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, subspace transmission. Hell yeah, baby. Here we are. Mm. There's so much, Britt. Oh, I know. Um, I know. There's I... so much. We're going we're gonna to kick it off. So if you've ever listened to anything that we've done where we focus on like people talking about shit on the internet, I like to find shit that I think is particularly like weird or funny, like takes that are just really out there. So mm-hmm. I, I tried to include the the likes for the for each of these posts. A lot of these are from Facebook, some of them are from Reddit, mm-hmm. Twitter, and also uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviews. So I, I got a lot so, here. So so the ones I, I think I might be most interested in, especially with the reactions, is Facebook because you can do oh, yeah. many types of reactions. There are, and I want to yeah. see people get mocked through the algorithm. So a lot of these just have no reactions. That's uh, fair, and you'll see you'll see why. Because so, you know, if you can't say something nice, shut the fuck up, right? So <laughs> or do kick, a podcast let's, let's about things, it. Let's kick things off with a very long comment. Eamon Sturley says. 48 minutes from whenever I screenshotted this. If you can retrieve one thing from season two, it is that humanity will always go following a leader that is cruel, murderous, and destructive as long as their self-interest is catered to. It is possible, though, they had little choice. Still, the leaders were brutal, which suggests people will always have this kind of regression in their hearts. We see even in the book of Revelation that Christ Jesus returns for a thousand years only to have nations rise up against him even after telling him he is the wonderful counselor or prince of peace, etc. It is just there. We're even in danger of it happening here in the States. Uh, Confirmed Picard is Jesus. Confirmed. Picard is Jesus confirmed. Uh, Philip Adams says, I to say I not seen this season yet? Do I can't find on the Netflix website? Uh, (laughs) Wow. What did he translate that from? Borg? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Bling on Jesus. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, th- this one was really good. I, I really like his, his grammar here. The Netflix website is two words. Website. Website. A website. Website. Uh, I love that. Uh, Christopher Acornero says, I've heard that Rotten Tomatoes percentages can and are purchased by the production studios. I feel like this show is second only to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy in terms of emotional (laughs) storytelling. Of course, not everything was executed perfectly. Very few things are even close to perfection. I will agree with him (laughs) on one thing. This is emotional storytelling. That's true. It is extremely emotional storytelling. It is not science fiction. You know, it's science this, emotion. Yeah, this is this is much closer to a a drama thriller. Can we talk about this though? Second only to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm I'm not gonna lie, Lord wow. of the Rings trilogy fucks, dude. I he, know he, he can have that. That's that that is a somewhat valid opinion. But, but believing like this Picard, is almost as good as that is not a valid. Yeah, opinion. that's crazy. What the fuck? Shut up. Speaking of shut up, Nick Singer says. I have rarely found a finale that made me reevaluate a whole series like that. I suppose that's what happens when you do a single arc for a season. You have to nail the ending, and they did. They tied it up. 
No. You know what I wish they tied up? What? Uh, Yvette Picard's tubes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Tammy Martin says, wah, wah, wah. It's a three-season miniseries. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Period. But don't share your mindless dribble where fans dwell. What? This is a lot of what the com- commentary is I, like I, on I, I don't understand this idea that, like, Fans of something who have invested a lot of time into it and have legitimate problems with something yeah. are somehow like aren't allowed to like share yeah. their concerns, so especially that, on social media. So, where, yeah, 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 no, I'm sorry to, to cut <laughs> yeah, you yeah, off, but yeah. no, seriously, that's what a lot of it's like. It's a lot of people saying shit like this to people who have like legitimate like questions. Yeah, like not even like being shitty, but people being like, "Hey, like, didn't Picard meet Guinan in, in that, Time's Arrow?" It, and then, then this will be a response to that. Yeah, and like that, that's the thing. Crazy. It's like, yeah, like really all we're doing here is like asking questions like why did they do this? Because there's not a good explanation for so many things that they did. And like mm-hmm. questioning anybody, especially people in power, and these people are in media power. Mm-hmm. They have control of Star Trek, a, a franchise I've spent a lot of time and money on, you know? Yeah. And, true uh, that, true that. Uh, so I just want to show you... <laughs> This uh, this is a, a screenshot of a fight between uh, mo- two people on one of the uh, I really love st- this. the Star Trek Facebook I groups, and um, so the guy that says author next to his name, he had posted a thing asking some questions about some of the more <laughs> questionable storytelling in the in the season two of Picard, mm. and Tom o- uh, Abraza Jr. responded with an image. Would you go ahead and describe the image that he posted? Uh, It says, alert. Um, Condition red. Condition red. Uh, Space Karen detected. And that's in response to this guy asking questions. And then, so he responded to this guy and said, alert, comic book guy detector. And then posted a picture of the comic book guy from The Simpsons. I mean, (laughs) if if you're arguing about Star Trek on the internet... Uh-huh. Just like accept you're a dork. We're all comic we're, book we're guy. all dorks. Fucking like, uh-huh. like stop. Don't mm-hmm. ad hominem attacks. Why? Yeah. Like just fucking talk about how stupid Star Trek. It's on its own merits. Speaking of Star Trek's merits, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Bros says completely unprompted. This was not in response to anyone. This was just. Com- this was not even a thread about discovery. This was a thread about Picard in a Picard group. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, if Discovery was more <clears throat> sorry, if Discovery was more gay, it would be a musical. Uh, if Discovery was any more gay, it would be gay porn. <laughs> like there's I love inclusivity and in things, but yeah. like like Discovery is just inclusivity for inclusivity's sake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. I I it's been so long since I watched. Just it, I like how on Picard, the only people with any real action or agency are women. Mm-hmm. Like like for like white men, except for Captain Pike, are generally just terrible villains in in Star Trek. In I it. haven't noticed that, but I do think Lorca, I like, do think it's funny that this dude just posted this unprompted. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Donna 
Freedom McClure says, Wesley should have had an entire episode, not a three-minute drive-by. I wish someone did a three-minute drive-by on fucking Will Wheaton's house. <laughs> We're going to get kicked off for, like threatening <laughs> I, violence. I'm not threatening. I'm just saying I hope something happens, all right? Mm-hmm. I've got hopes and dreams, too, all right? Mm-hmm. Not only Picard can have dreams. Speaking of dreams, David Wright says... <laughs> Just glad we got hashtag justice, justice for Elnor. <laughs> one like on that one. I, and hashtag, it was him. It was definitely him. He liked his own shit. Hashtag justice for Elnor. And, uh, uh, Marcus Coltro says, Worf will open up and say he was always a trans. <laughs> so this this was in a thread talking about season three of Picard, who has not yet come out, and how. Like there would be, there'll be a, like a return of the cast. Somebody said, like, made a comment about like, I don't want this woke trek. And then this guy says, this. So, uh, <laughs> in, aside to this, so if uh-huh. if a if a Klingon was trans <laughs> and they got gender affirming surgery, would they like just take off one dick or both? That's a great question. Right. I think that's up to the individual. Probably. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Moon Powell says, those who hate the show do so because it reminds them of their mortality. America is a country that does not respect the elderly. Here, getting old is considered a curse by those who are hell-bent on living hard and dying young. Picard, along with Q, are at the end of their timelines, and Q... At the end, experience the entire gamut of human emotions and all of those emotions. He chose love as it was expressed in Picard, who was his favorite. Um, once, <laughs> once again, the Q are immortal. Yes, correct. Um, also, America is a country that does not respect the elderly. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, because it reminds them of their mortality. Yes. Uh, okay, this comment is amazing, but we're going to cut part of it out. Uh, so the, the first like run-on sentence here is this guy making fun of the guy he's responding to, and that part doesn't matter. So he just says he's doing meth and PCP. Yeah, whatever. So Robert Seth Goodyear says, I am conservative, and I sit on the right side of the aisle, and I really enjoyed Picard. I know the difference between fiction and reality, from what I see is there is more leftist hate, sorry from what I see is there is more leftists that hate Picard than there is Republicans mm-hmm. also yep. not all white Christian males like myself hate what we what you think we do you have been in indro- do- God if I can't fucking talk you have been indoctrinated to believe that foolishness also you hating on white Churtian males. <laughs> Is very noticeable. Maybe you need to get your hate in check. Wow, that's a missive right there, Jesus. Yeah, isn't that great? That's so um, good. So, so good. So I, I would probably agree that there is more leftists that hate Picard than, uh, mm-hmm. than there are Republicans. Why do you think that is, Britt? Uh, I think it's because leftists in general have better taste in media. <laughs> And, May, or maybe just more critical of the things they consume. Right, like I don't know. This guy is like, he's like, yeah, I like flyover state TV. 
fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. Republicans like good shows. That's what CBS is all about. That's why we got six seasons of Young Sheldon, a spinoff from 13 seasons of The Big Bang Theory. Speaking of The Big Bang Theory, Dave Latimer says, Picard is one of the best in the franchise. What franchise? That dude's franchise. Yeah, I mean, he's aiming to look like Picard. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's got a shaved head. <laughs> Randy Deluzio says, Why do so many people get off talking about how much they hate Star Trek? Here's an idea. If you don't like Trek, stop watching it. Uh, Simple LOL. Yeah, more like Randy Deluzero. Am I right? <laughs> fuck yeah, you, Randy. Yeah, fuck that guy. So, so it's like, I, I still love Star Trek. The median episode of Star Trek is still good. Mm-hmm. Because there's you know a hundred episodes of three different shows, which were predominantly good. Agreed. Uh, you know the fucking the balance is shifting, but I love Star Trek. It's just I don't like what they're doing with the IP now. Is that okay? Be- is it okay to like? Does if you like Metallica, do you have to like? Ever, do you have to like Saint Anger? Uh, yeah, that's. You, you're oh, oh, you're not a, you're not a fan. You need to shut up if you don't exactly. like Saint Anger because exactly. you know fucking IPs can do whatever they want with their IP and change it mm-hmm. no matter what they mm-hmm. want. And if you don't like one little bit of it, mm-hmm. you're not a fan. That's true. You need to shut up. That's true. Speaking oh, of uh, yeah, speaking of fans, Retro D Pad says it was absolutely horrific. It actually made me angry, shitting all over the Borg, <laughs> turning them into Borg again. Christians, let's travel and ask people to join. I actually loved this. Yeah, comment I, I was so about much. to say Retro D Bag, but I'm like, no, no, this guy rocks. This guy rocks. Borg again, Christians. Yeah, Borg again, Christian is fucking That's funny as well. Really That's good. great. That's really exactly good. what happened. That is is, exactly. is exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> N- Neetage Krishnan says, unprompted, eat more batteries. I agree. The battery I, eating I, was I one of my favorite yes. moments one of the my, entire one season. Of my favorite moments and I don't, too. I don't think they meant it to be as hilarious as it was. It was really I just, funny. I just like, loved it. Eating car batteries, really good. <sighs> um, okay, what's some stuff about? Oh, okay, we're skipping all that. We're skipping all that. Uh, skip. That skipping all that. Um, okay, TJ Zero Flux says, "Oh, <laughs> and BTW, it was all because of this giant space butthole that shoots a giant beam." And oh, here it is right now—a galactic events. What a coincidence! Yeah. So uh, I've been watching a lot of Lost commentary lately, which I'm going to tie this into again. Wow. And, um, uh, God, no, maybe I won't. <laughs> I've, I've got too much to say about it. Oh, speaking of too much to say, Garland Williams says, we could be fans and have different opinions. I've enjoyed everything Star Trek for decades, but Picard and Discovery are just a joke at this point. Feelings, feelings, and more feelings. The Borg have feelings. Mm-hmm. The ships have feelings. Mm-hmm. Picard has feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, the universe is about to end. Let's take five minutes and talk about why your father disowned you for watching trans Klingon porn <laughs> and then cry. <laughs> they should call these shows Star Trek Therapy. <laughs> I think the final episode of Picard is going to be the Borg Queen and the rest of the cast go to group therapy. The Borg Queen speaks first and we have to work through all the, of the billions of issues everyone in the collective have. There is a Ferengi that got assimilated and has the biggest earlobe insecurity. <laughs> Picard comes out as bi and marries Ricker in this season three. Called it here. Ricker and Morty. 
<laughs> I hardly know her. <laughs> Matthew McGinley says, Horrible acting! <laughs> he talks like a Christian youth pastor, but that same scene made me understand the whole season better and where and what Talon was actually doing. He's talking about uh, Will Wheaton. Oh, you know, you know, he's not wrong. Dude, his acting was so the, fucking bad. The, there are several different places, like, in here that, like, stuff does remind me. It has a lot of, like, Christian-type themes. Yes. Which is something uh, Star Trek has always shied away from. Star Trek has always been secular as hell. Very secular. And so that's, like... Secular what? people don't talk about their feelings, Britt. Yeah. They don't need to talk about feelings. Like, like the only species with religions, like... I mean, you got Bajorans, you got Klingons, kind of Ferengi. Eh, not really. Yeah. Not really Ferengi. Ferengi are secular as fuck. They just want money. But but at the same time, they do have the like the vault of eternal destitution that you go to um, if you're unsuccessful in life. And so yeah. they do kind of have a religion based around money. But but um, it's, yeah, I think it's more like vague. Right. We got a we got a bunch of we should check the yeah. chat after we'll, we're done we'll here. Get yeah. to that. Yeah. Richard M. Hooper says, Kumbaya, getting very sick of all this we are the world crap in Star Trek puke emoji. I mean, um, he's not wrong. I would I would yeah. I would criticize things in a very different way. Like Yeah. This is a criticism like, oh, I'm so tired of woke trek. And like yeah, oh, uh, yeah. woke trek. Mm-hmm. Marcus Lee ah. says, woke writing equals poor writing. Enjoy the show, but give up on things making sense. The thing here is, though, TNG writing is woke as hell. More woke than this. Much more woke, Be- definitely. Because uh, it's, it's not so fucking, like, ham-fisted and, like, relying on current tropes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's relying on making, you know, an analogy and a, a metaphor to things. Correct. To our current day. Yeah. Metaphor. Metaphor. Okay. So we're going to wrap things up with some reviews okay. from uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. These are user reviews written on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, currently on Rotten Tomatoes, there is a huge disconnect there's between a, I, I critical sent, score. I sent, I sent this to you, I think. And, yeah. and, re- and there's a user review I score. would call it a gulf. Yes. There's a valley between the two. Truly, truly. Uh, probably, honestly, I think it might be the biggest gulf between critics review and audience score I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna analyze the the two worlds of reviewers. Oh, and and uh, just for posterity's sake, um, season two of Picard on Rotten Tomatoes from ninety one critics ratings has an eighty nine percent, and from five hundred and seventy six audience scores has a twenty eight percent, sixty one points in difference. Literally mm-hmm. a fresh rating plus one point in difference. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is crazy. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna read two positive reviews, and then we'll read a couple negatives. All right. Firstly, Honey Boy W says, "One day ago, five stars out of five. I simply don't understand the point of view of the whinging neurotics who panned this excellent series." Picard delivers with excellent writing, story <laughs> flow, effects, music, and of course, we get a satisfying no, return of Q as well as exciting new possibilities for the no. Borg. Of course, I understand that many seek instant and unconditional gratification that requires no intellectual <laughs> effort, and that is, of course, normal these days. Nevertheless, I can totally recommend this series and eagerly anticipate season three. He's looking forward to a tra- uh, trans wharf. 
<laughs> Robert H. says, five stars out of five two days ago. I just finished watching season two finale of Star Trek Picard. The writing, the story, the people, the themes are so great. It has renewed my faith in the human race uh, and our future together. That's faith of the heart, by the way. You're, you're correct. We have hope. I'm an AGI researcher and a human rights ambassador for the United Nations Council of Organizations and CEO slash chief scientist of a foundation for the protection of constitutional rights. I cannot recommend more highly the insight, inspiration, aspirations, foreboding slash forewarning, and hope that such great works of art such as Star Trek always have and always will continue to astonish and astound us and remind us of what it means to be human. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's weird. Why are you talking about your jobs in a review of Star Trek? Oh, because, uh, you know, uh, him being mm-hmm. qualified in uh, one area of, of expertise uh, qualifies him to talk about uh, Star Trek and give a five-star rating to Picard. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Christian D gives it one half star out of five. Painful and disaster. Uh, yeah, and this guy's a Christian too. He's, he's yeah. a Christian D. Big old Christian D. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Chris H gives Star Trek Picard one half stars out of five. Mm-hmm. Alex Kurtzman should be prosecuted (laughs) for elder abuse. I'm not even joking. He seemingly didn't care about a great actor's legacy. He only apparently cared about telling shareholders... Shareholders? They were making a Picard series to stave off their fury at what a dog's dinner flop, STD, turned out to be. He doesn't seem to have cared if the great actor had lost his critical faculties. He apparently allowed anything to be filmed that would get the signature on a piece of paper. He knew the usual nodding dog critics would nod it through Rotten Tomatoes as long as he included the right messaging and as long as he did it regularly enough and bluntly enough that it could be picked up while critics were watching their review copies on fast forward alex kurtzman should be prosecuted for elder abuse chris h you are a gentleman (laughs) or a lady and an orator Wow. Of the highest order. This is this is top tier writing. I love honestly. the two references to dogs. Dogs dinner flop. That's a really great so line. So good. I love how he and, opened and ended with the exact same perfect line. And also nodding dog critics. I love love everything really about good. it. Chris H, you are a real one. Yeah. Jaron B gives Star Trek Picard one half star out of five stars. I had a long, nice essay explaining my rationale. But that mysteriously vanished. So you will just have to take my word for it that this season reminds me of a hot fudge sundae made out of shit. (laughs) You can add whipped cream and even put a cherry on top. It may look appetizing for a split second, but you know it's shit. Then trolls try to convince you it's chocolate just because it's brown. I don't disagree with that assessment. I don't either. disagree with that either. No, no, no it's pretty good. Yeah. And lastly, and certainly not least, the best review of anything I have ever seen. 
All right. You're not ready for this, I, Brit. I get, I guess I'm not. Bring it on. Craig G. Give Star Trek Picard one half star out of five. Why do you hate straight men? <laughs> this is a chick flick. Three feminists, man hatters. Why? Ravi is the most annoying character. Her love for Elnor. OMG GTF out of here. The backstory of Picard and his mom, so unnecessary and boring. And you have ruined the image of Captain Picard, painting him as some kind of man with a terrible childhood and a horrible father. Ridiculous! It's one sappy scene after another with sappy music. Why do you hate straight men? Straight men aren't bad, and we love Star Trek and its ideals. I feel completely excluded from Star Trek. I mean, he's very hyperbolic about it, but I don't <laughs> disagree with a lot of the central tenets. Like, this show is written, like, to be too diverse to a fault where, as I said earlier, like, none of the, like, the guys really have any agency here at all. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, especially, like, yeah, the, the, the cis straight white guys. Uh, or, you know... Yeah, it's, 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 it's something. It's uh, something. But this review is incredible. It is. Um, it's, uh, the, the guy is definitely being hyperbolic about it. There's, there's way to address, this is, I think, an issue in New Trek. Them trying to ham-fistedly, <laughs> like, make everything about not white males achieving something. I have not noticed that personally. That's not a criticism that I have of New Trek. Mm. Like, I personally haven't actually noticed that at all. Mm. But that being said, you know, I don't know. Like, I think this is funny. I think I think anything, any kind of media making you want to go to Rotten Tomatoes and write the line, why do you hate straight <laughs> men, like, four times is incredible. It like, is It is pretty like, good. That's, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah. So... That's uh that's Star Trek Picard. It's bad. Don't watch it. It is. And uh I uh we've got two more things to talk about here. Do we? We do. Uh something you said we need to talk about on this program. We can do that <clears throat> in another program. This'll take maybe five minutes. Okay. So just to give you an idea how this project was funded and greenlit. Oh, right, right. Sorry. In early yeah. December of 2021, co-creator and showrunner Michael Chabon signed an overall deal with CBS Television Studios to create mm -hmm. several new series for them, uh, beginning with an adaptation of his novel, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Chabon was expected to remain with Picard as showrunner until he had to shift focus to Cavalier and Clay at some point in 2022, or sorry, 2020, um, at which point he would still be creatively involved in Picard as executive producer. One week later, the series was informally greenlit for a second 10-episode season after being allocated $20.4 million in tax credits by the California Film Commission for the production to continue filming in California. This was the most any television series has ever been awarded by the program since, since its expansion in September 2014. An official renewal uh, from streaming service CBS All Access was later announced. So, like, th 
this whole thing is a scam to get paid. Yeah. You they, know why there's like a thousand executive producers at this show? Because they're all getting a cut off the top. Yeah. Most people don't understand what executive producer really means. Most of the time, it's not something that somebody that even actively works on the show. They just help pitch the show. And what, how an executive producer gets paid is an executive producer typically gets 10% of the entire show budget. And so, and then, uh, so there's like 10 executive producers here. So all of them have to split it and each of them get 1% of the show budget. However, the show budget is eight to $9 million per episode. So Mm -hmm. for each episode, each of these executive producers is getting 80,000 to $90,000 each, each one of them. And 20,000 of that dollars for each episode is coming exactly out of taxpayers pockets from California. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. When you think about it, like this show looks fine, like the production value and everything. Mm -hmm. But like they were making Game of Thrones at like 10 million an episode. Yeah. And that show looks incredible. Like, like some of it, not all of it. Most of it looks (laughs) really good. I mean, that final battle scene that's all in fog and shit was dog shit. And they made that for 10 million. But like, you know, it looks much better than something like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. One more thing. Yeah. We've been blaming the writers for all this. Yeah, which is fair. Which is pretty fair. However, there is one person we haven't mentioned who I believe is squarely to blame for exactly how bad, not just this season, but last season of Picard has been. Ooh. And that person is none other than Picard himself, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Quote, The fact is, during the seven years of shooting The Next Generation... I truly began to understand that I didn't know where Patrick Stewart left off and Jean-Luc Picard began. Over those first few years, they just merged, and I found that I was, as Captain Jean-Luc Picard, becoming more and more like Patrick Stewart. So when you see these moments of a character's situation, or his actions, or his risks and dangers, those are something you recognize as a person. He then went on to talk about an acting method called sense memory, wherein you just kind of inculcate every real interaction you've had in your life into yourself as an actor. And he said basically a lot of this emotional stuff was kind of his idea because that's who he thinks Jean-Luc Picard would be at this point, which I completely disagree with. Yeah. Like he, Jean-Luc has regressed as a person and has let his trauma overtake him over the, the 20 years since we last saw him on TNG, which really doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, that's just too much of, like, I don't know, old man thinking about the past kind of shit, which I guess could be a a thing, but it's, like, it's too much. It's too whiny. It's yeah. too emotional. It's, it's Soy Trek, baby. Yeah. Yep, that was Picard. Um, I don't. Uh, we'll probably just leave it here and talk about uh, Strange New Worlds and other yeah. stuff later because yeah. we have spent, as I predicted, three hours on this. <laughs> Damn Christ! Um, before we leave, do you want to just check out the comments real quick? See yeah, if there's totally. anything we should respond to. <laughs> what? Uh, th- that last comment's pretty good. That's, yeah, it's pretty good. I, c- I can't read it from here. So. I, c- I can't either. Yeah, sorry. Oh, well. We, we're, 
we we're not equipped for this. Oh well. Well. Um, yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. I've been Spencer. I have been Britain. Don't uh, watch Star Trek. But do, do I guess watch old Star Trek. Watch Soy Trek. Watch us comment on Star Trek because uh, we we like Star Trek and we'll tell you what's good about it. And uh, nothing is good about this. So you can just skip that and listen to us rant for three hours instead of wasting 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You could do something else while you listen to this. You could, like, you know, clean your house or just uh, turn on Picard on mute. Yeah. And then that way you don't have to listen to the atrocious writing. Take a bath mm. with, uh, with a toaster oven. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Bye. Live long and prosper.